this program contains mature subject matter. Including maladjusted youth, masochistic hillbillies, and the excitement of the price is right. It may be deemed inappropriate for our younger viewers. Viewer discretion advised. I would like, if I may, to take you on a strange journey. <laughs> I'll give you a choice. I could put on these glasses or start eating that trash can. You maniacs! What is a man? When we are successful, we will be. We had a real chance with this. No This is a cool office. I like the little fire things over there and everything. Hi, we're the, oh. Hi, we're the Illuminati. Hi. Hello. Hi. So we heard about your big special. We are very excited. Yeah, thanks, me too. Yeah, but before you can do a special on a major cable network, we're gonna need you to sign some things. Okay, sounds good. Uh, we're also going to need you to swear a blood oath to us and our cause. And if you violate this oath, we're going to murder you and everyone that you love. Got it. Great. You'll also need to pledge your soul to Baphomet. He's this god that we all worship. Mm -hmm. Okay. He looks pretty cool. He's like a crazy goat man kind of thing. Now, we will need you to include some of our messaging in your program. Oh, okay. So you mean like there's going to be a commercial sponsor or something? No, 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 no. Nothing, nothing tacky like that. No. We just want you to have some, you know, self-destructive themes. You know, like we use a lot of hip-hop artists to glorify violence and drugs, uh, pop stars to push materialism, country acts to instill suspicion of education. Oh, okay. That sounds cool. We'll also need to film you in a lewd act with a minor to use as blackmail if you ever think of telling anyone about anything that happened here today. Now, could I self-tape that, or is that something that you'd want me to shoot here? We'd like you to do that here. Yeah. Well, finally, we're going to need a suicide note in your own handwriting, just in case things get crazy. <laughs> I actually might have an old one on me. Um, I'm sort of a pack rat. <laughs> I think we're good. Trevor, do you have any questions for us? Um, yeah. Who killed Kennedy? A French sniper, but it was set up by Lyndon Johnson. You're right. Sorry, that was a stupid question. Yeah. Uh, are aliens real? Aliens are real. What are they like? You know, uh, some are very cool. Some are kind of shitty. Uh, we're pretty tight with the shitty ones. Is there anything else? Anything at all? Uh, yeah, I forgot my federal ID number. Is it okay if I just leave that blank? <sighs> yeah, we can fill that in. Yeah. Great. I think that's it for me. Trevor. We're all looking forward to working with you. Yeah, me too. And remember, just have fun with this thing. <laughs> but don't ever cross us, because if you do, well, we've implanted a small explosive device in your heart. Mm. Sell drugs, run guns, nail sluts, and fuck the law. It's episode 57 of Behind the Schemes for August 9th, 2021. I am Booberry Mothman of the Miniocalypse. 
hell yeah, hell yeah. I said, <laughs> I said hell yeah. Uh, and my name is Lavish, and I'm coming to you all the way from the bereft coast here from the godless wasteland, wishing you a fantastic Monday. I like that. <laughs> bereft coast. <laughs> Indicative of godless territory. <laughs> yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Beautiful country. You should come visit sometime. <laughs> uh, I've, I've definitely spent my fair share out in California. It's usually one like huge stretch of time. We'll just go from uh, up to down. Mm-hmm. Hit like Sacramento and all sorts of towns. Actually, yeah, you're, that, you're working the circuit. You're a circuit worker. Yeah, I am a circuit worker. Um, but before we go anywhere, I just want to say rest in power to Trevor Moore. He was mm-hmm. the talent featured in that opening clip. Passed away on Friday at the age of, oh God, I had it here somewhere. 41. 41, thank you. Um yeah. And died from an unspecified accident. Yes, some sort of accident. Uh, I assumed to be a car accident, I guess, but who knows? It's, there's not a lot of information, but it's very unfortunate. He was taken way too soon. And uh, he was the driving force behind the whitest kids you know comedy troupe. Mm-hmm. And Hilarious. <laughs> they were really, really popular, Like I would say maybe like 10 years ago. Tennis years ago, they were like the biggest comedy troupe in the world, and they were doing stuff. They kind of preceded uh, Key and Peel with their oh, post yeah. Chappelle. This, the, the, the public space can only take one sketch comedy show at a time that really, you know, is popular or whatever. Um, and so, right now, I guess that's Key and Peel right now. But is Keen Peel even still on anymore? Or they just like moved on and they're all super famous now. Just do another, it doesn't matter. Either way. R.I.P. Trevor Moore. Yes. He was really the driving force behind that. I mean, he, he was the most famous guy easily. Uh, and you just recognized him. He always crushed that shit. He's got a couple albums. If you're unfamiliar with him, I would recommend uh, Drunk Text to Myself and High in Church. Uh, I wouldn't say that he's a full-blown conspiracy hypothesizer, but he's playing in the waters, undoubtedly. Um, Mm -hmm. I mean, the one song, uh, My Computer Just Became Self-Aware, gets into Archons and DMT and the Elves. Um, There's another one, Kitty History, is one of my favorites. I I (laughs) kind of wish I could play it during the show, but... uh, uh, They'll snipe you if you do that. Yeah, so we're not going to take your ass out. Get into it, but basically, it's what happened if uh, we were all kittens running around. So check mm. it out; it's all on YouTube. And um, yeah, and the assassination of Lincoln bit that they do is to me like one of the greatest bits of all time. Oh, dude. <laughs> I like the one where uh, <laughs> this dude's trying to mug another guy. <laughs> so they gang up and start kicking the shit out of him. <laughs> they're like, well, actually, he was the one that was trying to rob me. So they make the guy that was originally kicking the dude on the ground lay down, and the guy gets up and starts kicking him with Trevor Moore. <laughs> uh, yeah. All sorts yeah, of good they shit. Got a bunch of, they got a bunch of good bits. Check them out if you want. But, uh, yeah, the Illuminati one, that's a good one. I hadn't seen that one, so thanks for bringing that to my attention. Uh, this was from one of his albums. I think it was uh, High in Church. High in Church. Yeah. And, of course, that'll be 
Links in our show notes, show notes, which is Zosa's Corner, Z-O-S-O-S, corner.substack.com. They're also featured in our chat room, behindtheschemes.com, S-C-H-3 and 3-S. There's a little green room tab. You can click on that. Mm-hmm. They're gorgeous, too. The, the show notes, are they look better and better every week. And they look pretty good to begin with. Yeah, yeah. So if you if you want to verify any of the, the stuff that we talk about tonight, we'll bring up data or links or whatever. That's where you'll find it. And uh, I, if if I was a dumbass and forgot, all the clips that I pull from, including music from the intermission, is featured in there. So if there's something you like and you want to circle back on it, that's the place to go check it out. And you can always subscribe, and they'll show up in your uh, email box and... I don't know. Maybe it would be a fun way to get a <laughs> reminder in your email that we're going live. <laughs> oh. Get a newsletter going. I want to. I got ideas for a newsletter. Uh, we did go a little out of order, but that's okay. Uh, also featured on our show notes is our tarot card for tonight, mm. uh, which is the Roy de Epee or the King of Swords. King of Swords. From the Tarot de Marcel. He has the courage and intelligence to accomplish whatever he desires. It represents discernment, mastery, and power. This character is is as rigorous as a judge, rigorous as a judge, lawyer, or warlord whose emotions must be contained under pressure. Therefore, this card asks you to remain detached and objective in a specific situation in order to know the truth and to search only the facts. Mm-hmm. Beautiful sword, beautiful king. Yeah, the, the image is a, a guy sitting, he's sitting in his armor in a throne. He's holding a sword, it's upright, and then in his left hand he's holding like a an orb or you know some gold or something. Like a staff, maybe. Yeah, like a pentacle, perhaps. Something that represents wealth or, or authority. And uh, yeah, it represents clear thinking, authority, discipline, uh, high morality, um, cool-headedness. Under pressure, it can it can represent a lot of things, and um, of course the king. God, it was funny that I get this. I was just reading on TV Trips, which is a fucking great website that you lose yourself. The Good Kingdom on TV Trips, which is the idea that in fiction empires are evil, but kingdoms are good. <laughs> wow. So, you know the king here in this instance. We talk about corrupt politicians and all this stuff, but uh, from a certain point of view, the king is viewed as righteous and right, or at least the good king. You know, if the king is a good king, it's a good king, right? And if he's a bad, if sense. he's if he's a bad king, we get to say "fuck the king." Correct. Which is correct. I'd say that's a little bit of a powerhouse powerhouse statement. There's not mm-hmm. not much to be misinterpreted. No, it cuts clean. <laughs> Gets in. It's like, hey, here I'm the point. It's out. Mm, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> uh, it's a good time to put aside your emotions and stay objective and rational as possible. You may have to negotiate with others and be pretty direct about what you notice. It may be bothering you not to be particularly caring or empathetic. But for the moment, this detachment is what you most need. In the same way, the King of Swords encourages you to use your logic and your intellect to widen your path. You will face a uh, problem directly, make inflexible adequate decisions and make sure you are firm but fair in dealing with others mm. all right the duke john wayne firm but fair 
I'll, I'll wrap up with this quote at the uh, end of the article. And these all come from tarox.net. And I'm, I'm kind of enjoying this website out of all of the uh, breakdown websites that I found over, over the years. Uh, but here's the quote. I appeared in a very elegant way. The things inside my brother's, excuse me, inside my brother, King of Wands, rigid and steel, became flexible and elegant in me. The outfit I wear is not to fight, but to advise. My trump card is the intelligence, the prophecies, the tricks of the strategy, and the charm of satire. I like the power of new ideas rather than the voice of the limbs. With the blunt stick, I objected to the merciless flexibility of my sword. I am not devastating. I stabbed and attacked continuously. I govern with rules, reforms, and the role of allies. Instead of destroying, I dissected. A better way to impose my will. I clarify the concepts. I reinforce their duality. I perfectly define what is and what is not. What one should accept and dismiss. My army consists of lawyers, jurists, and jur- uh, jurists and jurists. Repeats there. I have a noble team of. Uh, I have a team of noble artists and noble parasites around me. I use the famous ignorance to declare the coming of the Lord or the true or, or the angel of truth. I can be tyrannical. Oh my God! <laughs> I can be a tyrannical king in French history or a revolutionary in, initiator for a new country. You it say does, noble parasite? I, I. That's why I got stumbly there at the end. I like that. I like noble that. noble parasite. That's a good band name. Add it to the list of the band names. Yes. <laughs> Beauty. Noble parasite. Yeah. Yeah. That's beautiful. I like that. It was nice. Right on. Regal language for a regal card. Uh, we don't have any Frisa Hazards uh, producers for the show tonight, so I'd just like to quick thank you or th- give thanks to everybody that's been listening for this ride, and uh, I hope that we continue to do the sort of material that keeps you coming back. Mm. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, thanks for tuning in. And, uh, you know, everybody's a, a freak of hazard around here, you know. Yes. This, this is a value-for-value value program. We operate on this system because we don't have to uh, be censored or stifled by anyone or anything. We can talk about whatever we want. And, you know, if uh, you get value out of the show, then you can give us back that value by sending us clips or by calling into our voicemail line at at 612-263-7999. Or you can just enjoy the show. And we thank you for your time and for for listening in. And, uh, yeah, we're just jamming along. In this strange, strange world. <laughs> if you would like to support the show financially, you can go to BehindTheSchemes.com, SCH3M3S, or Love is Lit. I should mention that Love is Lit is is down, and it might be down for the next couple of days because Minas and I transitioned the domain over to our host. Yes, we're transitioning. Um <laughs> Way to throw me off my groove. Yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha, you son of a bitch. I'm a fucking cop, all right? Listen, fuckface. Listen here, buddy. I've been in the force for 20 years. You can't tell me there's nothing I haven't fucking seen. Oh, that's what it is. If you would like to support the show financially, you can go to our website. Uh, there's a donate button. We're going to be giving that website some love in here in the future. Uh, maybe mm-hmm. streamline it up a little bit, make it a little tighter. 
It's a pretty sweet website as it is now, though. So go ahead and check it out. We got all our episodes there. And yeah, if you want to donate, if you want to share two bucks, three bucks, five, whatever you got, it helps us stay on the air. Hell yeah. Tell them like it is, Bill Hicks. Do a commercial. You're off the artistic roll call. Every word you say is suspect. You're a corporate whore. And uh, end of story. We told you who was behind the schemes, but you'll never know who's behind the screens. Call our creep phone now and leave a screen mail. We'll play it on the show. 612-263-SEXY. 612-263-SXXY. That's 612-263-7999. Sexy, sexy. Just like Lavish stated a couple of minutes ago, if you call 612-263-7999, you can be a super easy producer of the show tonight. You can scream for us. Uh, I believe the question I was asking, let's see if I can dig it up. Uh, where is it? List of questions. He's got a long list of questions. Oh, He's got to go through the list. <laughs> scream for us like you're summoning the Algo Deities. Oh, yeah, like algo deities. Yeah, Uh, we do have a couple queued up already. Do you want to check one or two out? Hell yeah, let's cook one up. Here's the first one. (coughs) And after much technical difficulties, that scream finally came through. That's right, and it was beautiful. And that's gorgeous. That's some like uh, that's some like uh, scream queen like, Mm -hmm. like. Super cheesy 1980s. Yes. That caller is going to be our uh, scream queen uh, of the evening. Unless, unless you know, she calls in with an even better one, or I don't know. I don't know. But so far, that's she's our scream queen of the evening. And here's our second scream mail. Yeah, this is Sir Candanavia. You're going to scream out to Darren O'Neill. Booger! Wow. Yeah, that's what, let's see if it will, let's, let's, let's hit it again. Enhance, rotate. Yeah, this is Enhance. Sir Scandinavia. You're going to scream out to Darren O'Neill. Booger! I'm hearing booger. I'm hearing booger. Booger. Maybe I'm, that's the, the Canadian way of saying booger. A booger. Hell yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm thinking of like boo and then grr. Booger. Oh, like a boo and then a grr. Yeah, not not, not buh. He's not saying booger. But no, he's saying booger. Yeah. It's two 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 ideas going into that. Hmm. Well, Sir Candinavian, we thank you very much for your scream. Uh we'll see if Darren O gets the message. Yes. <laughs> we shall. <laughs> And uh, give it a week or so, and I'll be like, hey, by the way. <laughs> oh, did you like the, that uh, shout-out and all that? See what he says. Mm, no doubt. Booger to all of you out there. <laughs> all right. You ready to roll some dice? Do we hit everything? We got the show notes. We got the voicemail. We got the briefs yeah. of hazards. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Got him. Got my dice here. Hell yeah. So are we going to do it like last week? We're going to roll highest 20? Let's do it. Okay there, boobage. Three, two, one. 
I got a 15. I got an 11. Oh, shit. Mm-hmm. Did I? I went first last time, so I'm going to go ahead and pick. I'm going to go second this time around. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. Very well, very well. Uh, okay, okay. Let's see here. So what I had... I had the, the the cold read thing. I think is a second half of show type of thing. We can we can save that for a little later. But uh, I found this really interesting clip uh, from somebody who I found on Bitshoot. I think or she's on YouTube somewhere buried. She's got three hundred sixty thousand followers. Her name's Really Graceful, and she just you know has videos up that are kind of like breakdown videos. And she had this one on Bill Gates. And it was just like whatever to watch. It wasn't really a very long uh, video. And if you want to know a bunch about Bill Gates, if you really want to dig deep, which I'm not going to get dig too deep on him, I just kind of wanted to brush on some stuff that I found today. But uh, if you do want to know a bunch about him right away, uh, James Corbett has hours upon hours upon hours of content Um Covering him and covering his life and covering his career and everything. So that's exactly what I was going to reference. <laughs> the yeah. James Corbett. Yeah, the Corbett Report has has all that kind of information and on a bunch of other people too. Corbett Report's one of my favorites. And as far as just sheer amount of data, that guy's got a lot of in, intel laying around that you can access. That's pretty easy to find. But uh, in this case, there's this lady, and she her name is Grace. And, uh, yeah, hit me with clip one. Nicknamed Trey, but formerly known as William Gates III, Bill Gates was born in 1955 in Seattle, Washington, into a family of affluence and power. His father, William Gates II, measuring six feet, seven inches tall, was an attorney who co-founded Preston Gates and Ellis, a law firm that had offices across the United States and China. As a man highly involved in politics, William Gates holds quite the laundry list of accolades. As he sat on the board of eugenicist Margaret Sanger's Planned Parenthood before the era of Roe versus Wade. Not only that, but he was also the face of a state income tax initiative in Washington state. After his late wife passed, William Sr. married Mimi Gardner, longtime friend of Teresa Hines Carey. Mimi is fluent in Chinese and served as former director of Asian art at the Yale University Art Gallery. But let's get back to the late Mama Gates. Because in addition to popping out Bill Gates, she also had two daughters, Christy and Libby. And Mama Gates, who also is known as Mary Maxwell, started off as a humble school teacher and eventually became chairwoman of United Way. She came from a long line of money and power, as her father was a wealthy banker and her grandfather served as president of the National City Bank in Seattle and was the director of the Seattle branch of the Federal Reserve Bank. <laughs> Mm-hmm. So uh, they always kind of set up Bill Gates to be, and when we talk about Bill Gates, talking about of Microsoft fame and of vaccine rock star uh, Bill Gates. Uh, he, he's from a very affluent family, and they kind of always make it sound like he kind of set up stuff and got out of his garage and was just a really smart guy and and made it that way. But when you look into it, his his parents were really, really connected. And when somebody like that's connected, I always go, well, why? What makes them so special? 
uh, you know, and so you start looking into the family lineage and you see, well, have they at least been around the Seattle area, which is where they're based? How long have these guys been around? And you go and you look up the lineage and these guys have been around forever. They've been around. I mean, they've been in Seattle for almost as long as Seattle has been a city. The family has the Gates family. But before that, they were on the they were in the East Coast and they had been in the United States since uh, 1638 was when <laughs> I found out that I, I don't know if I'm jumping the, the gun here too much, but I found out that his ultimate ancestors, the Gates family, they came from uh, England during the the Puritan uh, what is it the Puritan disaster, whatever they called it, you know, the Puritan migration, where there was a rift in England at the time between the Church of England, which was being very Catholic back in those days, and um, and this Protestantism, which was supposed to be the the true religion of the king and crown. And uh, in the years leading up to what would eventually be the English Civil War and Oliver Cromwell decapitating Charles I, uh, the years leading up to that, the Puritans were fleeing out of the country in droves and they were going to America. And it turns out that the first guy who did it was William Henry Gates came with his family. And uh, 100, 100 people came over on a ship called the, uh, I think it was called the Delinquent. <laughs> the Diligent, not the Delinquent. The Diligent. <laughs> Fucking this piece of shit boat, go for it, buddy. Good luck. Uh, yeah, he's from Essex in East Anglia, Northeast London, and he moved to he moved to Massachusetts, and he was received three acres, and he raised his kids there in Protestant life, and and his family just grew from there until in the 19th century, at the, at the close of the 19th century, so around like 1900. Um. It was, it was a situation where the the family moved from from Pennsylvania to to Seattle, right away, and all these guys had connections. They're all, you know, business owners, or they, had, you know, were in banks or they were in politics or whatever. And it just goes back so so deep. Um, yeah, and, and I found out that as long as the Gates family has been in Seattle, which has been since 1900, roughly. There's there's been a Bill Gates, a William Henry Gates. There's always a William Henry Gates. So the guy who moved there, his name was William Henry Gates, and then his son was named William Henry Gates, and he was the father of Bill Gates' dad. Bill Gates' dad's dad was a he owned a furniture store, and he was a politician, and his wife was politically affluent. And then Bill Gates' dad was this, a super powerful lawyer, was one of the most powerful politically affluent people in Seattle in the country. And he had connections with Rockefellers. There's a thousand pictures of him hanging out with the Rockefellers and with Fauci as a as a younger man in the 80s. Oh, when he was a yellow beret or whatever, or is yeah, he said 80s, right? Yeah, in the 80s oh, okay. and 90s. Yeah, I mean, gotcha. that, he, he was he was very very big big time guy back then, and in the 70s and 60s and 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 before as well, but. He he was just the man, and his and his wife was incredible. She ran what they called uh, was United Way, which was I think the largest uh, nonprofit organization in Seattle. And on that board was uh, as well with her was the CEO of IBM, and they were friends. 
<laughs> so it, it leads to, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll get to that in a second. Uh, play clip two. Side note, how come when you travel down the rabbit hole on virtually any topic, the same creatures are always festering down at the bottom? With a bloodline like this, it seems like, for Bill, the path ahead was clear. In all of his biographies, there's an emphasis on Bill's intellect that manifested early on in childhood. He was smarter than the other children. He was different. He was destined for success. Bill grew up attending the University Congregational Church. Which ne- <laughs> I'm sorry, but Bill Gates was destined to just go ahead and shoot him right up in the arm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> sorry, I'll take that back. <laughs> He's always going to inject grew- himself into your life, one way or another. <laughs> Got to inject into my life. Alright. Fixing a hole where there is in your arm. <laughs> Alright, enough shenanigans. <laughs> right, okay. okay, sorry, yeah. Bill grew up attending the University Congregational Church, which now describes itself as a progressive Protestant church committed to social justice. In an institution that celebrates diversity in religious background, sexual orientation, race, and abilities. Though it seems like the impact of a Christian doctrine was lackluster in Bill's childhood. As he would later go on to say, I don't have any evidence of that when asked by a Time Magazine's reporter about the divinity of the human soul, specifically if the human soul was special. When Bill was of age, he was accepted into Seattle's most exclusive and prestigious lakeside school, where he bragged to his teachers that he'd be a millionaire by age 30. Lakeside was able to collect enough funds through donations to purchase something only big companies could afford in the 60s, a computer. The story goes like this. Bill taught himself to code by reading the computer handbook, or in other words, was able to get the computer to perform tasks he wanted to execute. And he and his buddy, Paul Allen, formed a club called the Lakeside Programmers. And hold up, Paul Allen is two years older than Bill? But Paul's over here looking like he's 40 while Bill Bill looks like the perfect target for a game of dodgeball. (laughs) <laughs> you remember when we had uh, Alex on on the show? I forget which episode. Mm-hmm. She was the one that actually turned me on to really graceful. Uh, I, mm-hmm. got, I, I was having trouble uh, a remembering her name because I had she'd gotten buried in the algorithm. And yeah, then, the algo won't do that. And then she got buried in the algo, and it was hard to search for her. So I'm I'm glad I it's. Just recently, I rediscovered her, but I'm, I'm glad you brought these clips. I, I like her presentation. Uh, she does I like a, her, too. She does uh, a nice uh, video um, production. Yes, and she's got an, she does an interesting character, I guess. If it is really a character, it might just be her and how she is. But like to me, it's kind of a character, I think, how she does her presentation. <coughs> but um, it's just really refreshing. To hear more people just talk about this stuff. And uh, she's got a nice voice. And, uh, yeah, when it comes to what she just mentioned, well, she mentioned that he grew up and went to these the best schools, and they were a lot of them were Protestant, you know, schools, and he received religious education. But that ultimately, when he asked, he was asked about it, he, he doesn't believe that there's a human soul. He doesn't believe that people are particularly special. And... It just is an interesting take coming from a guy who who 
markets himself as like this super duper philanthropic helping the world, saving the world guy. And he loves to go, you know, to Africa and, and shoot up kids and, and hang out with them and shit. It's like, <laughs> but it, he's gone on the record to say that he doesn't believe in the soul. He's not really, he doesn't really have any, not to say that he's religious. I'm not, I'm not religious per se, but, but just that, just to not clarify it or just to not even like <laughs> go into it. But anyway, he goes to all these fancy schools. He meets Paul Allen in high school. Paul Allen is a, is a smart guy. And yeah, like she says in the picture, this guy's like in the 10th grade and he's already got uh, sideburns. And uh, Bill Gates is like in the 8th grade and he looks just like a small child. He's a small, small child. But he's got that look in his eyes, man. Bill's got that look in his eye that's like like an animal. Like there's a hunger in that guy. That that's his that's his real gift. But you know, Bill Gates is a mathematically gifted guy. Paul Allen's the computer guy of the situation. Bill figured out computers as much as he could, but that's not he's not really inherently gifted in that. He's gifted with math and stuff. But the thing about Bill is that he's just so competitive. He's just the most competitive fucking thing since Lyndon B. Johnson, you know. And his whole body just oozes ambition and and it's all he does his whole life is just like proving to people that he's the man that's his whole fucking life basically in my estimation should have called him bill dunks bill dunks (laughs) i keep saying in my estimation like i'm jordan b peterson i have to stop doing that uh yeah it's it's funny though uh so anyway they make this little computer club together him and paul allen called the Lakeside Programmers, and then right away, his mom hooks him up with these uh, with these fucking connections. Hit me with clip three. Somehow the Lakeside Programmers, composed of miners, went on to make business deals with computer corporations during that time, getting paid to find bugs in the software and write computer programs. Bill is credited with making one of the first computer viruses during this time. Maybe this was where he learned that by creating the computer virus, he could profit from its removal. Ding, ding, Bill took ding. the SAT twice so he could get the perfect score, and he came close at 1590 out of 1600 and was eagerly accepted at Harvard, where he attended college but would never graduate because his vision of having a personal computer on every office desk and in every home took precedence, and his company, Microsoft, took off with the help of his old high school buddy, Paul Allen. In 1980, Microsoft and IBM struck a deal, and the rest was history. Six years later, Microsoft was launched on the stock exchange, and Bill and his best buddy Paul became instant millionaires. Though before his death in 2018, Paul Allen wrote in his memoirs that Bill was a bully who tried to cut Paul's share in the company as Paul was recovering from cancer. (laughs) How to treat a friend. Oh, yeah. Bill kind of strikes me as someone that did a lot of cocaine back in the 80s. I think he did. Uh, there's uh, JCD's talked about in the past that they had credit card credit cards and whole accounts just for hookers and blow, and and that was how they made these guys happy in the early days in the 80s. They could get them to work all day and you know work these 12 14 hour days by giving them coke and, and hookers, and then they had to adapt that. Now now they give you uh, you know fruit bowls and yogurt and a bike. <laughs> and micro tablets of LSD. <laughs> yeah, I wish. 
if they gave, if they did that, there's a high chance that I would have uh, interested myself more in computer uh, tech and in coding languages. But anyway, yeah, this guy in the early days, these guys are fucking in high school, and Bill Gates' mom basically chats up with the CEO of IBM, uh, John Opel, and says, oh, why don't you give these boys a chance to bid this thing? And this is, this is they're looking for an operating system for their personal computer line. They don't have an operating system. So somehow Bill actually gets hired and commissioned, you know, in advance and everything, big, big old advance to, to go and, and provide this operating system. But they don't have one. So they go and they buy one from another company <laughs> called Seattle Computer Products, and then they relabel it as what we know as MS-DOS. And then they go and they do this unbelievable non-exclusive licensing deal with IBM where IBM makes this their, their standard operating software. It becomes a global standard overnight, practically. And every other tech company in the world is forced to contend with it. And they can, and they can buy it or license it straight from Bill because he's not exclusive with IBM. So once IBM makes Bill the standard, then Bill can go out and do whatever he wants with it. And not only that, but John Opel himself, he takes him, takes Paul Allen under his wing, and he teaches them how to run a company because these are just kids. He really takes them and shows them how to run a Fortune 500 company. And by the time he's 31, he's a billionaire. And this is yeah. one of the first main examples. Maybe this is an inappropriate comment, but this is, I thought, one of the first examples when um, they took code and they they pulled it out of the public domain or whatever that meant at the time. It, there was no more open access to it. Is that a misappropriation? It's probably a more nuanced story than that, I'm sure. And I'm sure that they put in some work. I don't want to just say that they took this thing, but... Yeah, they, they took basically an, an open bit of code. Whatever that they didn't have to buy, they probably found, you know, and they cobbled together. They were smart enough to cobble together whatever product that they needed, but um, they didn't actually really create anything from the ground up. They just would kind of cobble together existing technologies, buy up existing things. The main thing is that they just had cash. They had capital, and they knew what to do with it. They, they made the right gambles at the time. But they would just buy whatever they needed and then over overcharge for it with their incredible connections that they had. You know, Seattle Computer Products couldn't get this situation with IBM. Only Bill Gates could because of his connections. Hmm. Should I hit you with a clip four? Yeah, hit me with clip four. In 1994, Bill married Melinda French a marketing manager at Microsoft and daughter of an aerospace engineer from Dallas, Texas, which really makes my Operation Paperclip senses tingle. I don't don't know about you. (laughs) I thought you might get a crack up out of that. (laughs) I looked into it, and it turns out that Melinda Gates, known as uh, she was born Melinda French, her dad was uh, a a rocket scientist, uh, aeronautics engineer, uh, but he was he was German, but he wasn't. He, he was born in America, and that family had been in America for generations. But he definitely worked with Operation Paperclip assets, 
Nazis that they brought after the war um, that worked on the Apollo program. I mean, without them, we wouldn't have gotten to the moon. Allegedly, if we did go to the moon, I'm not going to confirm nor deny if we've been there. Uh, but yeah, it's it's an interesting history there. She's got her family also is goes deep. The uh, the French, her last name is French. The French family has been in the New Orleans era for hundreds of years, and the other side of her family are are German uh, immigrants that came hundreds of years ago as well. So all these guys are just real deep, deep American families. There's no, <laughs> it's not an immigrant in sight. <laughs> New kings, almost. I don't know. Yeah, aristocracy, the bloodlines. It's how it always is. It's how it always will be. But, uh, yeah, it's interesting. Uh, Hit me with the next one. And for decades, the Gates Foundation has given free vaccinations to people in the third world, while Bill has become more and more politically outspoken, lining the pockets of our elected officials with Federal Reserve notes. Which is really rich because Bill started a movement for billionaires to give away most of their wealth in philanthropic endeavors. Bill is one of the richest people in the world because of the wealth he gained from Microsoft stock. And the stock price appreciation is not taxable until the shares are sold. So he held on to these things for decades, which delayed paying capital gains tax. And to avoid this even further, he donated these shares to the Gates Foundation. So our benevolent and altruistic billionaire over here successfully worked the tax loophole of charitable organizations to enhance his own wealth. Yeah, that's a good PR public favor bolstener. Oh, yeah. It, to, to him, he must think it's just clever as hell. And it is clever. To Well, it's not like he, he originated the system. Philanthropy has always been a way for the last, at least, you know, definitely for the last hundred years in its modern form since the Rockefellers came around, the first one. Philanthropy has always been a way to launder money and to be able to, to, to spend your enormous wealth that you get, which a lot of the times with enormous, huge wealth, you get it with, you know, stocks. Uh, Rockefeller had his standard oil stock. Bill Gates has his Microsoft stock. I mean, he's got plenty of money, but uh, what he has in liquid assets and in cash is a small fraction of his overall wealth. And I'm sure that he's got a lot of shit locked up in other places that it can't be accessed quite as easily. But with these philanthropic vehicles, they can go around and they can really throw this cash around and do all kinds of fun things with it. You can go over to, I've mentioned this book before, um, it's about the Koch brothers. It's written by Jane Austen, not Jane Austen, Jane Meyer. Jane Meyer, no, is yeah, Jane Meyer wrote it. It was uh, Funny Money, Dark Money. Dark Money by Jane Meyer. Now I'm remembering this. And it was about the Koch brothers. And it was, uh, it was, it went into how they do it. I mean, all the giant families do it. They throw a ton of money into these in stock and they donate the stock to their own nonprofit organizations along with all of their friends that have like-minded ideals, they pool the money together, and then they give just ungodly amounts to the highest um, universities in the land. They go to Yale, they go to um, Harvard, and then they just, just dump money on them, build them libraries and do all this shit, and create grants and create scholarships 
And these scholarships end up being, you know, some of the most prestigious scholarships in the country. But the only way that you get that scholarship is to be in line with the ideal. You get in line with the ideal, you get the scholarship, you get to go to the good college, and you get to get your great job. And in 20, 30 years, the student that you invested in is now a senior executive or they're a, um, you know, a, a, a high-ranking doctor or something like that, politician. Lawyer. Lawyer. Uh, yeah, maybe they're a judge. Uh, I mean, you can. that's what you aim for. That's what these guys try to do is they try to mold tomorrow's top dogs. That is, that's a, a you know, really solid way to do it. And to just control the general narrative of education. Well, like I've always said, I'm going to need you to lie in the sun there, or lie in the coffin there, son. Oh, my God. <laughs> Wait, you want me to lay in the coffin and do what? <laughs> Man, uh, I ain't been coughing. What are you talking about? <laughs> I've been coughing. Kind of got a rough little bite on the back end. <laughs> but... But Satan himself, I, I don't, I don't want to jack off in the co- in the coffin with all these boys watching. <laughs> Please do it for me. Do it for Satan. <laughs> That's not what George Senior sounds like. <laughs> <laughs> and that is very terrifying. <laughs> we will. That's the sound of Satan. Yes. I survived World War Two in a raft. Uh, yeah. Anyway. Fuck Bill Gates. Uh, I don't really have too much more to say about him. Like I said, there's there's a lot of stuff that's written about his ass, and you can go and find it. But I just I, I brought this. Up. I thought it was interesting. I got all into the genealogy and just how deep the family goes, and I was reminded once again of why he's doing this, what this is all a part of, and it's just it's just a way for him to feel. I think it really is. It's just a, a an insecurity thing with him. He's so competitive, he's got such a drive, and it's just because he just doesn't want to be... He wants to be better than everyone else, <laughs> so desperately. And he wants to prove to himself all the time that he's better than everyone else. He's smarter than everyone else, and and, and that's who he is, that's who he's always been. And, so the, and I used to think that his charities were awesome. I used to think he was a good guy. I used to think the way that, that most people think about him. But then I checked the numbers and I found out that these aren't, these are not fucking charities. These are hedge funds. Yeah. And these are think tanks. Investment firms. Yes. He gets 7 to 10% back on everything he fucking spends in that charity. Well, there's the period. classic clip of him talking about how much of a good investment vaccines were. Of course. Like a $30 billion return or something. Well, Giggling what he's got it. now, he's able to, him and Fauci have figured out a way to force the whole fucking world to buy their product. Has That's, it been done before? Hmm. Yeah. I mean, it gets easier every year with technology, with the way the technology is going with phones and with the internet and with instantaneous communication every single year, it gets easier and easier to do shit like this. We have to acknowledge there's an issue. <laughs> we need to be diligent about it. You know, it's a weird blend of marketing magic and politics, but yeah. it's it's coalescing with that medical fascist state. Yeah, and it's rooted in the weird game that they play. This, you know, there's a little occult in there too. There always is because they love to dress up. If there's one thing I know about these guys is they love to dress up. Yeah, but uh, there's nothing wrong with that, I suppose. I need a baseless yeah. speculation, but. 
how many eyes wide shut parties do you think Bill himself has been in attendance to? I mean, above ground, below ground, on islands. Oh, well. I mean, it, it goes on and on. Everybody went to that fucking island. Bill Nye went to that goddamn island. Well, Bill Nye's a piece of shit. What do you expect? Yeah, I, there's a rumor that he's a Rockefeller. I got to look into this. I've also heard that he's a total, like... Toady? Daddy. <laughs> he, oh, he, he slams. Gets, he, he gets he gets lots of lots of the girls from what I've heard of people that, uh, that have worked with him before. Or oh, worked, Bill, worked for him. thank you so much for telling everybody how important the vaccines are. Oh, my God, I loved watching you when I was in grade school. <laughs> well... Bill, uh, Bill, 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 Bill. That's a that's a fun random injection for for tonight's episode. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I get. I, yeah, yeah. Bill Nye specifically. Very Satan-y. That is. Uh, in a hundred years, nobody will remember the name Warren Buffett or Bill Gates. You're very correct, Spooky R. How long Indeed. do you think Bill Gates's fortune will? Well, okay, so his kids don't get anything, right? Oh, I should say, but speaking of his kids, you know how I said that everybody's named Bill Gates since there was a family in Seattle and that Bill Gates is really actually Bill Gates the fourth. He did not name his son Bill Gates. Does he have any siblings? He's got, he's got three kids. He's got a son and two daughters and his son's name is Rory. I was just curious if maybe he had a nephew. That had the William Gates moniker. It's a big family, actually. And not only that, but the other family as well, the French family, uh, on Melinda's side, is, is a huge family, too. Yeah, I mean, there's there's a ton of Gates that are loosely, roughly related to him, second cousins. Yeah, that family's been here for fucking, what is it? You got here in 1638, so almost 400 years they've been here, the Gates family. And just cleaning house. Yeah, Made and before the that, point. they were in fucking England forever, too, probably. And by our decree, you're going to inject this. It might be a little painful. <laughs> it might be a little painful. Oh, my, you know, a little painful. It might be a little very painful. <laughs> and he just continues to go on TV. It's not a good look. JCD was so right. He's like, this guy cannot keep going on TV. He's hurting his him, his own thing by doing this. Because you just see this guy and you're like, oh, God. Yeah, it's like, you. even though you knew that he was a fucking sex trafficker, Jeffrey Epstein this is, still went out, still tried to hustle, get that funding a couple times. And it really it's an indicative of a, of a bigger system. That that gets these guys together. I mean, they're they're just they're just members of a club, and they're running in these circles. Yeah, it's very interesting. And you wanna, spend all day. I want to back up and just imagine that we're still in the eighties and nineties. Okay. But there, at, piles of coke on the table. At one point, this whole scheme was held solely by one thing. It was held together by one thing and one thing only. 
And that one thing was VHS tapes. Because they had to be filming all this shit. Mm-hmm. Laying laying out the pieces, like what dirt do you have on which person? I think they also had a lot of Nixon recorders. A bunch of little mics everywhere all the time. Oh, I, I just, I, I really like the... Uh, <clears throat> The idea that uh, this there's a million compromising VHS tapes somewhere yeah. in the Vatican, <laughs> under the Vatican. <laughs> Only the Pope can see those tapes. Could you imagine to be the? Could you imagine being that guy that gets them to digitize them? <laughs> oh God, has to go through it one by one. I they think, probably just have one of the Greys do it underground. Here, you do this. I think. I think even it. the Greys would sound like this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> screaming alone in that deep underground bunker. Lordy, a lot of tape, a lot of tape, a lot of tapes. Oh, and there's as, a lot of Servo, eight tracks. Servo in the in the green room states million compromising VHS tapes buried right next door to the Atari ET cartridges. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> And a thousand pristine mint copies of Mario Tennis 64. Yeah, that would be a fucking story. Just one day you're digging around and you find yourself on top of a mound of discarded VHS tapes that's all of the compromising acts from the past 40 years from our elites just sitting there in a pile. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but here's, here's the Twilight Zone twist. Nobody has a VCR. No. That's cold. No. Oh, shit, dude. <laughs> Just kidding. The Pope has a golden VCR. St. <laughs> <Saint> Peter's VCR. <laughs> Tape us in the VCR. <laughs> <laughs> Congratulations. The behind the schemes you got the are, mute button. <laughs> we support. What? What did you do? You muted us? No, I muted myself because I was laughing too loud. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was going to say, we here under behind the schemes, we endorse uh, this uh, kind of behavior. Uh, do you have. Uh, I, I could roll into this vaccine story that I had in, um, in my overflow since it's sort of related to Mr. Gates. Sure, if you want, yeah. Yeah. Uh, let me hit you with a clip. It'll lay it out. And they briefly talked about it on No Agenda this past weekend. But I also have the full statement, so we can check that out, too, if uh, if we're curious. Where's that? Multi-platinum band The Offspring has reportedly terminated their longtime drummer, Pete Parada, after he revealed he was unable to get the COVID-19 vaccine. Pete revealed he has already had COVID, though he suffers from a pre-existing condition, and his doctor advised him against receiving the vaccine due to the possibility for serious side effects related to that medical condition. Uh, one of the things he's uh, had the issues with in the past was glenn Barr syndrome. Um, his doctor, as the clip stated, told him that since he had it, he probably shouldn't bother taking the vaccine because he didn't, he didn't think it would be worth the risk giving him COVID all over again because he had been previously infected. And the so ban- he already had it and he's already developed an immunity to it. Well, 
I guess it just depends on what your definition of immunity is these days. So not the the new one, not the actual one. <laughs> the new normal immunity, not the yeah. old normal immunity. You remember when we should get chicken pox, they would just put us in a room with other people with chicken pox? You remember when vaccinations used to be taking little bits of skin and grounding them up and snorting that shit? No. <laughs> oh. Oh, God, what the fuck? Oh, my God. What? No. Oh, stop. Oh, I don't want to. I don't want to sound oh, racist or anything. I got it. I got it. Oh, sorry. Sorry. I got I got excited because you're talking about skin and flesh. I walked into a rose bush today. I thought you might like that. Oh, I, I had to pull some stuff out of my arm. I was like, wow, that really hurt. Did it draw blood? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I, I was oh, drawing blood shit. in like four or five places on my arm. Got gotten the taste for human blood, man. Oh, I know that thing. I'm gonna fucking burn that thing with fire. Kill it with fire. <laughs> burn my whole house down. But yeah, uh, one of them got real deep in there. It would not stop bleeding. Uh, still bleeding now. Bleeding all over my gear. Just kidding. Well, that's a <laughs> different sort of show. That's probably some second second half of show material. Mm. 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 The one where oh. we bleed into our rigs. That's right. Well, we're gonna do a little, you know, blood magic later. It'll be cool. That'll be at the end of the show. Servo says there's a South Park episode about that. I'm not sure what that is. What did I? What were we talking about? That there's there's a South Park episode about every fucking thing. <laughs> every fucking thing. Uh, Between them and Simpsons and and uh, King of the Hill. Uh, do you have any interest in hearing his statement? It's it's fairly long. I it was long enough for me to not worry about reading it in person, I'd rather just find clips of people reading it online. Uh, sure. But he hits sort of the major. Oh, you're right, Servo. Yeah, sorry. Um, it, oh, the chicken pox room. Yeah, yeah, chicken pox thing. Yeah. And to be fair, the reference I was making about snorting skin flakes is uh, it was a traditional ancient Chinese recipe for vaccinations. Oh man. You could call it, do anything and call it an ancient traditional Chinese medicine. People would be like, yeah, it is. I didn't go as far to say ancient Chinese secret because that would have been problematic. So I'm glad that I didn't. It would have been even more problematic if you said ancient Chinese secret. Yes. That would have been probably the most problematic situation. That would be, thank response. God we didn't do that. Yes. Um, here's the, uh, God damn it. First part of his, uh, of his response. And honestly, like we've together collectively have heard a lot of various takes on the vaccines in general. And this one doesn't strike me as shit as far as like him saying anything offensive or egregious or anti-science or whatever fucking flavor of the week it is. I've got some unfortunate and difficult news to share. I know many of my close friends and family would have preferred to hear this privately first, and I apologize for the public nature of my disclosure, but I don't know how to have this conversation multiple times. Given my personal medical history and the side effect profile of these jabs, my doctors advised me not to get a shot at this time. I caught the virus over a year ago. It was mild for me, so I'm confident I'd be able to handle it again. 
but I'm not so certain I'd survive another post-vaccination round of Guillain-Barre syndrome, which dates back to my childhood and has evolved to be progressively worse over my lifetime. Unfortunately for me and my family who is hoping to keep me around a bit longer, the risks far outweigh the benefits. Since I am unable to comply with what is increasingly becoming an industry mandate, it has recently been decided that I am unsafe to be around in the studio and on tour. I mention this because you won't be seeing me at these upcoming shows. He's unsafe to be around. Even though the rest of you assholes have your shots and you have your 97% efficacy, whatever that protection equates to in whatever a number. Means. We're, we're 99.99% survival rate for this disease. Yeah. The, the one guy who's got his immunity is going to be a potential problem for I mean these guys as far as I'm as as far as I'm aware it's the same lineup since the late 90s into the early 2000s yeah that was my understanding was that this guy was the original guy a founding member of the offspring which is a great band it's been around for a long time and uh, it's just it's it's insane they they don't want to get a disease that they're vaccinated against from a guy who's immune from it. And it doesn't matter. Everybody can carry it, whether you have the vaccine or not. Allegedly, you can carry this disease. But again, it's a 99.99% survive. Like people, like it's people are building it up to be so much worse than it actually is. And, and you, you get called like a, uh, an unsympathetic evil person for not caring about people like no care about people you have to understand that it's, this isn't about your phony baloney need to feel like you're helping the world this is about understanding what the hell's actually happening and trusting your eyes and your ears and going outside and doing independent research and figuring wow. out <laughs> let's, let's pump the brakes there buddy sorry sorry never mind that's not the sort of mind crime again. that we that we that we delve in here, okay, man? They're gonna put me in room thirty-three one of these days. You you got like you got like good mind crime that will give you, and then you got bad mind crime, which you're gonna find on your own. And that mind crime, you don't want to touch that shit. You want to stay with the good mind crime. You want to stay with our stuff, okay? Mm-hmm. You got mm-hmm. that? Mm-hmm. Got. I, yep. You've you've yep. My mind waves are working differently now for some reason. Yes. So if I have to I come, if I have to come back around this way, I'm gonna take my two boots and use them to take your two feet and shove them down your fucking throat. <laughs> <laughs> you mean like this? Scribble, scribble, draw a picture, send it's... it over. Yeah. You All there, right, fine. You there, tattoo that on him. Well, Mr. Mayor, you've made a very compelling argument, and I will look into your proposition thoroughly. And quickly. Thank you, sir, for your time. The council thanks you for your time. And uh, I retire my time and stay safe and uh, hail Biden. (laughs) Hail Biden. I also want to share my story so that anyone experiencing the agony and isolation of getting left behind right now knows they're not entirely alone. I have no negative feelings towards my band. They're doing what they believe is best for them while I am doing the same. Wishing the entire Offspring family all the best as they get back at it. I'm heartbroken not to be seeing my road community, and I will miss connecting with the fans more than I can express in words. 
While my reason for not getting this jab is medical, I want to make sure I'm not carving out a space that is only big enough for me. I need to state unequivocally that I support informed consent, which necessitates choice unburdened by coercion. I do not find it ethical or wise to allow those with the most power, government, corporations, organizations, employers, to dictate medical procedures to those with the least power. See, that's kind of fair. You can't really argue with that, can you? Literally, no, actually, you can't argue. You just have to, you just gotta eat a dick. Just like, man, just, Punk wasn't dead already. Now you're just laying the corpse or something. I don't know. Yeah. Just caressing its cold, dead body. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Having some fries with it. Uh, my last clip on this one, they were a little longer than I uh, remembered. Uh, it's a minute 40. Do you, do you want to finish it out? Yes. There are countless folks like me for whom these shots carry a greater risk than the virus. Most of us don't publicly share a private decision we made in careful consideration with our doctors. We know it's not an easy conversation to unfold. If it looks like half the population is having a shockingly different reaction to these jabs than was expected, it's probably because their life expectancies have already been shockingly different and their reasons range from conscientious risk-benefit analysis to the financial inability to take time off work, lack of health care in the event of potential side effects, to an understandable distrust in a system that has never prioritized the health or well-being of their communities. I hope we can learn to make room for all the perspectives and fears that are happening currently. Let's avoid the unfortunate tendency to dominate, dehumanize, and shout down at each other. The hesitant population is not a monolithic group. All voices deserve to be heard. In the meantime, I'm in the midst of launching a project and releasing some music with my daughter, so please stay tuned for all of that. I deeply appreciate your understanding and support as my family and I find a new way forward. Sending love to everyone who has been impacted by this pandemic in all the ways lives have been lost and altered. The CDC describes Guillain-Barre syndrome as a rare autoimmune disorder in which a person's own immune system damages the nerves, causing muscle weakness and sometimes paralysis. GBS can cause symptoms that last for a few weeks to several years. Most people fully recover, but some have permanent nerve damage. That's it. I didn't think it was that egregious. I'm going to have to salute this man for doing what he felt needed to be done. And this one's for you, sir. What's the guy's name? Pete Parada. Pete Offspring, here's to you. Jobless. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm glad that he's going to be able to do something really cool, like make music with his daughter. Uh, we'll have to keep our eyes out on that. Check it out. Check it out when it comes around. <coughs> Drummers are great. Drummers are great. Uh, the offspring. Not, not my type of music, but, uh, you know, cool. Respect the band. They've, they've been around for a while. They've been doing it hard for a while. Mm. Well, it uh, seems that we are rounding the corner towards intermission. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I just, I have this quick little story I'm going to throw in here. 
just to get it out of the way. But apparently, last year, and I missed this, a bunch of scientists decided to take a marmoset monkey, a fetus, and inject it with a human gene that caused its neocortex to fold in, like to fold in on itself to make more surface area. So they genetically engineered a monkey with a bigger brain. And I'm just sitting here, and I'm thinking, like, you're doing what with the monkey? Haven't you seen the seen the movies? And you walk over to the monkey, you're like... seen the stupid movies, you stupid scientists. <laughs> it's like, monkey, what you doing? Oh, shit, monkey. <laughs> oh. Oh, no. Who monkey? could have seen this coming? <laughs> monkey? The monkey? Don't you do it. No, I don't have any ape sounds, but uh, I got the story mm. linked in there. <laughs> it's, no, it's just cold-blooded. He just looks you in the eye. No, no, Mr. Bigglesworth, no. Uh, they also tested this gene injection in mice and ferrets. Uh, the scientists call these human-monkey hybrids transgenic non-human primates, which may be enough to ring the alarm for any doomsdayer. It certainly raises a lot of ethical questions when doing experiment, experiments on primates, let alone when introducing human genes into other animals. Well, ain't nothing new about that. We've been doing it since, yeah, <laughs> since 30 years ago when we started doing it, or whatever. <laughs> Took a break there for a little bit when we pulled the intestines out of the sheep. <laughs> Some of the greatest inventions of humanity were from pulling the guts out of a sheep. So don't don't put it down. Don't nug it until you've tried it. You never know what you'll come up with next. Sausage, condoms. Uh, the monkeys were removed via C-section after 100 days of development to prevent any, quote, ethical concerns from arising or preventing the rise of the planet of the apes, which is my quote. And that's it's fucking dirty. In the future, we won't spank the monkey. The monkey will spank us. If you want to, what's the George Orwell quote? If you want to imagine the fate of humanity, just imagine a monkey spanking. <laughs> spanking your boot against your face. Spanking your, your face boot forever. Against your face. Monkey pulled off your boot and is now spanking with you. Spanking it with you. Uh, well, this is an appropriate time, I think, Major Booage, to uh, <laughs> have dicks out for Harambe. Wow. And uh, That's cool. Not even save it for second half. What? Fucking whatever. Harambe deserves better. He deserves it now. Yeah. Roses are red. Violets are blue. Harambe's in heaven. Bushed in 9-11. Yeah. Inside job. Dick Cheney. Dicks out. So, <laughs> Harambe in the house. Uh, All right, uh, I'm gonna hit the time. I'm gonna hit time? this intermission. I believe so. Yes, uh, I got some. God damn it, Harambe! God damn it! Yeah this this uh, this collection of unrelated material and songs is for you, Harambe. Just for just for you. There will never be another. There will. Never be a lover like Harambe. (laughs) 
Spider Pig, Spider Pig. Does whatever Spider Pig. That's classic. That's classic American humor. <laughs> Nothing tops that, baby. Why aren't you laughing? Why aren't you laughing? I can't sit by and laugh by myself at this joke. This is American humor. I'm not going to listen to you not laughing at American jokes. No, no, no. You're going to sing it with me. Spider pig, spider pig. Does what? Here we go. Now he's got it. Now he's got it. I have any use for rubber nipples. I'll tell you what, though. Do you have any rubber walrus protectors? Call the police. Peggy, Peggy, you hear me? Yeah, Frank, I can hear you. Watch for the boat. 
boats in the marina. How am I supposed to know which one's carrying the coke? Just keep an eye on the van, Peggy. I'm well informed there's a large suitcase full of coke in the back. They're gonna make the swap somewhere in the marina. Just stick close to them. Okay, Joe. Keep it up. Oh, it's up and ready. Uh, you just keep it warm. It's warm and ready. Recent polls have shown a fifth of Americans can't locate the U.S. on a world map. Why do you think this is? I personally believe that U.S. Americans are unable to do so because uh, some people out there in our nation don't have maps. And uh, I believe that our ed education, like such as in South Africa and uh, the Iraq, everywhere like such as, and... I believe that they should, uh, our education over here in the U.S. should help the U.S. or should help South Africa and should help the Iraq and the Asian countries. So we will be able to build up our future for our children. Thank you very much, South Carolina. Because that's what Americans do now. They're always willing to trade away a little of their freedom in exchange for the feeling, the illusion of security. What we have now is a completely neurotic population obsessed with security and safety and crime and drugs and cleanliness and hygiene and germs. There's another thing, germs. Where did this sudden fear of germs come from? In this country, have you noticed this? The media constantly running stories about all the latest infections, salmonella, E. coli, hantavirus, bird flu, and, and Americans are, they panic easily, so now everybody's running around scrubbing this and spraying that and overcooking their food and repeatedly washing their hands, trying to avoid all contact with germs. It's ridiculous, and it goes to ridiculous lengths. In prison, before they give you a lethal injection, they swab your arm with alcohol. Well, they don't want you to get an infection. And you can see their point. Wouldn't want some guy to go to hell and be sick. It would take a lot of the sportsmanship out of the whole execution. Fear of germs, why these... Besides, what do you think you have an immune system for? It's for killing germs. But it needs practice. It needs germs to practice on. If you kill all the germs around you and live a completely sterile life, then when germs do come along, you're not going to be prepared. And never mind ordinary germs. What are you going to do when some super virus comes along that turns your vital organs into liquid shit? I'll tell you what you're going to do. You're going to get sick, you're going to die, and you're going to deserve it because you're fucking weak and you got a fucking weak immune system. Let me tell you a true story about immunization, okay? When I was a little boy in New York City in the 1940s, we swam in the Hudson River, and it was filled with raw sewage, okay? We swam in raw sewage, you know, to cool off. And at that time, the big fear was polio. Thousands of kids died from polio every year. But you know something? In my neighborhood, no one ever got polio. No one ever. You know why? Because we swam in raw sewage. It strengthened our immune system. The polio never had a prayer. We were tempered in raw shit. We now return to Behind the Schemes. Starring Uberry, 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 Uberry. Welcome back to Behind the Schemes. It's second, second half for episode 57. Episode 57. It is August 9th, 2021, and I need to go get something. I'll be right back. 
It's all good. I forgot a little bit of business uh, that I should have touched on at the beginning of the show. But thanks to the help of Midas and Sir Spencer, uh, I was able to get the Satoshi.stream bot squared away. Uh, I also hit up the guys in the help channel for that. So we have been, uh, but are officially now a show that uh, you can stream sats to. You can go to uh, podcastapps.newpodcastapps.com. There's plenty of uh, new and exciting apps. I'm using one called uh, PodServe, and I'll probably check out Fountain here pretty soon. I'm sorry, Podverse. Podverse is the name of the podcast app. I get a little, I, I got a little confused because our host service is PodServe. Very confusing. Very confusing times, but exciting. So if at any point um, you say something or we, we say something that strikes your fancy, uh, for those that aren't familiar with the way it's set up, it's uh, streaming Satoshis, which are incrementally small portions of Bitcoin. Um, when I was first reading into everything, it was about 1,000 Satoshis equals uh, a dollar, I believe it was at the time. No, 10 cents. Maybe I should check myself before I start making baseless claims. Anyways, you can stream out these super small pieces of Bitcoin in real time. It's a it's a play-to-pay rather than a pay-to-play model. So you're to to send value to the show, you play it, and uh, you can set everything. You can set the amount of the boost, which I've always equated to more of like a like a like or something. Mm. On on the on the feed bags or the Instagrams, a heart. Um, but yeah, one of those I, like bags. Uh, Ball after bowls really been uh, leading the charge and getting everybody aboard the car. So we're excited to take it for a spin. We got the plans of uh, we're going to go the raspy blitz route. Mm-hmm. Which should be pretty exciting. So hopefully, going to try and make that happen in the mo- next month or so. But, yeah, uh, we're going to get our own damn node. I want to put that motherfucker into that Super Nintendo case that I found. Yes. Yeah, Booberry sent me this the other day. So we're looking into this Raspberry Blitz, and and he's got the classic uh, SNES, the S-N-E-S cover for it, which is perfectly appropriate. That's what we're going for here. No doubt. Um, and uh, looking a little ahead to next week, uh, we have a special guest joining us for our Monday show. Uh, <laughs> Fletcher got me with, I'm going to fuck your fun node. Mm. <laughs> In the green fun. room, Sir Fletcher. <laughs> I'm going to fill it up with my sats. <laughs> fill that up with your sats. You're going to taste my sats. Uh, back to serious business. We fill have... your node with fun. <laughs> fill your node with fun. Anyway, sorry. Back to serious business. Yes. Uh, we have Sir Bemrose joining us next week, which I'm I'm pretty stoked about. We've been mm-hmm. been itching to to have him on for a while, meow. So get excited about that. Not quite sure what uh, what we're going to talk about, but like always, we'll pull it together. It'd be cool. We'll hang with <laughs> Bem Dog. He'll, he'll drop by and see if maybe we can get a little Dame Lisa to, to chip in, see if she's around. Oh, yeah, shit. Yeah, she, she'd be a pleasure. 
Yes, we should. Uh, we should actually make that official invitation. Mm. Well, I mean, you know, it'll, if we officially do it, then they won't do it. But if we if we don't ask, then they might do it. <laughs> and if we tell them not to, then it's concrete. <laughs> well, if we tell them not to, then they definitely won't do it. <laughs> oh, damn it! It's it's a, it's a Chinese finger trap. You gotta. Oh, was that racist? Yeah, that's, oh, I, I think no. we I think I think we kind of hit our quota last second half of the show. So I know I'm really not doing well. My I'm I'm overdue. I'm gonna have to get out the jar, start putting dollar bills in it. Yes, this this is true. <laughs> it's okay, everybody. I got the jar out. It's going okay. Don't worry about it. Uh... You think you can just go on the internet and do whatever you want? No. There are consequences for your actions. There are consequences. So we're excited. I think it'll be a good time. Sounds like the guy who makes my sandwiches at Mr. Pickles. (laughs) Alrighty then. (laughs) Is that what you want? You want a fucking pepper jack cheese? Anyway, yeah, sounds just like him. Uh, do you want to? I, I had a thought during intermission. Uh, we could touch around in the cold read a little bit, or do you want to present that to, to Bimrose next week? We can save that for later. It's not. It's it's cool. It's interesting, but it's not the best. It's not even honestly. It's just a little weird. It's what we're talking about. Just to not leave everybody hanging. Is I found this. Uh, Was it a? document from Lake County out of Illinois, which is northern Chicago. And it is a door-knocking project to increase COVID vaccine acceptance. And Booberry brought, has brought up this document or another document. But we, we keep looking at these things, which are scripts that are written to, to go up to people and to, and to pressure them and, and um, hustle them into getting a vaccine. We could we could practice on Ryan. Ah, <laughs> uh, maybe do a. All right, Ryan, you play the senior citizen, and we play the two weird college students coming up to greet you with big smiles on our faces. Hi, how's it going today? Have oh you heard God. about our Lord and Savior Pfizer? <laughs> yes, my name is Blank, and this is my friend Blank, and we are community <laughs> health ambassadors. Yes. We work for Insert Vaccine Company here. <laughs> Excellent. How was your experience? Listen and support their answer. Ah, lots, well. Lots y- of affirmations. <laughs> yep. It's uh, it's fun. It's, it's like keeping, I, I get why people get into it because it's kind of fun to like keep up with all of the the lore, I guess is one way of putting it. You know, they they come up with like this new stuff every day. It's like it's almost like following a, a serial uh, or following a um, a piece of fan fiction that's constantly being worked on, and you like get familiar with it. And then you know, people in the fan club they like sort of like compete to know who knows the most about it, and uh, that's just what this whole scene kind of just seems like in a way for for a lot of people. I'm doing the best job. Hmm. Well, I couldn't cut it with my acting degree, so here I am knocking on your door. Hmm. 
I'm sure they're just so into it. They're so invested. It's so much better than a Netflix show. Now they're the stars of their own Netflix show. They're the they're the the, the heroes of the story of well, their story. Yeah, they're heroes. We're, we're all heroes now. Bunch of heroes yelling at me for walking around my own neighborhood, looking out for my best interest by yelling at me. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna crack the can open on some second second half uh, second second half of, of show stuff if that's all right and uh, I, I will allow it. We'll, we'll do a proper read. We'll go and maybe clip some of the some of the best of from mm-hmm. these. We'll do a side by side. Make it a nice tight production. We'll make it a tight production because this thing is just dumb. It just goes on and on, <laughs> and it's so strange. I got to do one more real quick before you go. Uh, yes, uh, we don't allow solicitation on our property. Is is something they expect to hear from somebody if you go on try this? As as opposed to get the fuck out off my property. It's we don't allow solicitation here. <laughs> So anyway, please continue. We're opening a can on the second half of show material. We are we are now going to talk about the real stuff. Yes, and I, I believe this was one of the responses that I read about. Got uh, marmoset guard marmoset monkeys. <laughs> mm. <laughs> they do a perimeter check every every hour on the hour. <laughs> What's that red dot on your head, man? I don't know, man. What's that red dot on your head, man? Well, I cracked open a weird vein. I was really searching. I was really searching for something interesting to talk about for this week. And uh, there's, I'm kind of getting that burned out point. uh, Just talking about feeding into the COVID and the vaccines. I know we kind of touched on that. uh, The first second half of show um, with the offspring drummer specifically. Mm hmm. So I decided I'm going to take this in a weird route. And before we go any further, I want to know with that. 20, 20 words or less. What's your take on twi- uh, TikTok? TikTok is a Chinese psyop and a shitty company. And it's got a weird scene that seems like it's just about looking at chicks. That's what it's really all about. Is that 20 words? Yeah, it's about about so. Yeah. Uh, well, this is uh, this is gonna be right up your alley because tonight we're talking about witch talk. Hi, my name is Frankie. Hi, uh, this is Matt Hatter plays. Hi, guys, my name is Bonnie, and I am an eclectic witch. I'm a learning shaman and hoodoo practitioner. I am an eclectic neo-pagan witch. My intro into witch talk was I was bored in quarantine and in a house alone, and realized that the TikTok community had a subset of it that was dedicated to witchcraft. I started posting TikToks related to witchcraft. I've amassed about seven hundred thousand followers. I mentioned that I was a witch and then that's when everything blew up and they were like, oh my goodness, you're a witch? Tell me everything. Hey guys, my name is Bunny and I am a witch. If you're looking at a lot of these witch talk accounts especially, they are incredibly driven with their political views. Witch talk. It's a collective of TikTokers that practice in occultism. And this is one of those things. <laughs> once you once you crack the can, it doesn't stop. 
And I had to pull, I had to stop myself at around 30 examples of these uh, TikToks for tonight. So we're going to reach a point where I'm going to let you do a little bit of pick and choose based on the titles, if that's if that's okay. Okay. You said 30? You've got 30 options? Oh, yeah, but uh, some of them are going to be kind of more nece- uh, necessities. Okay. Well, we can always roll more dice, too. Oh, right this is true. Uh, yeah, okay. Uh, so it's Origin. It's around uh, 2019. One of the articles I that I pulled, uh, I believe this one was... Vice or Wired. Uh, popular mystical practices include uh, astrology, tarot card reading, numerology, um, any relationship between a number and coinciding life events, um, and manis- uh, manifestation methods. However, Witch Talk specifically showcases spells to beginner and experienced witches. This community comes together and helps spread knowledge and advice to one another. And um, this clip that I'm playing from this is more of like a introduction like we are you know you heard in the beginning there we are the witches at tiktok and um i did end up seeing a lot of uh, a lot of these folks in the videos um i think a couple of them that i have might be might be the same people i, I don't mm-hmm. remember their names uh, nor do i have any interest in starting a tiktok account to go and follow them or wanting to remember who they are or having any interest yeah yeah, uh, me too. I I don't yeah, I don't have a TikTok account. Now, what's uh other than what I just read? What what do you think these folks might participate in? Um, as far as like, do you the rituals themselves? Like, what are they actually doing? Anywhere from the rituals to maybe political leanings, uh, ideologies. Uh, why why they're doing the magic? Are they are they Making a bunch of this now, I'm getting an image of like uh, Donald Trump, uh, voodoo dolls, and uh, stupid shit like that. Oh, we'll we'll get there. We'll get there for sure. Uh, here's the second part of that. Wichita Hotline, how can I assist you? You want to know how to hex the government? Okay, what is your hexing experience? So this October is two full moons. There was one at the beginning of the month, and there's one on Halloween. When Donald Trump got COVID, a lot of people were saying, oh, it was on full moon, the witches did it, the witches followed through. I don't think that witches can take credit for him not wearing a mask around a bunch of people and a bunch of crowds. One does not just simply hex Donald Trump. Famous people have their own guardians and people protecting them, and they also have witches who are on their side who protect them. For every one person wanting to hex, you have to remember there's probably three or four different Wiccans that are like, we must protect everybody because hexing is wrong. I think people don't like hexing because it's the idea of doing harm to someone. People inherently think doing harm to someone is bad, but those people are also typically people in positions of privilege and power people that i hex are rapists abusers and pedophiles people who and at that moment in the video she, I, she did a photo of um uh harvey weinstein uh bill cosby i think and then the classic video of epstein and trump um, mm, mm-hmm. so We'll uh, continue on. The system may have not have given those victims a chance at justice. I did protection spells for the people at the protests, and I did spells for the people who were hurt, like the little girl that was maced in the face, people like this so that they can get justice. My active- I didn't hear anybody say that they uh, they did a protection spell 
or the eight-year-old girl that got shot by a rifle yeah. in Atlanta. So it was magic and, and not helpful magic. That's probably we don't hear about the helpful magic, but yeah, very violent, very very violent intentions. Wisdom comes especially from uh, the indigenous side. Trying to gain our land back, trying to keep treaties as actual treaties, that is incredibly influencing into Minecraft. In modern day, we have this ability as people who are living in a very intense political climate in an age where everyone is demanding a revolution to use our witchcraft alongside actual activism to help people. Spells by themselves don't do anything. You have to go to protests, you have to donate, you have to actually be active in your anti-racist work, challenge people on their white privilege, call other creators out, and if you're not doing that, your spell is not going to do anything. I like how uh, a, a certain she was that if you're basically not Antifa practicing magic, then your magic means nothing. It's a very privileged thing to say. Yeah, isn't it? <laughs> It's it's coming from a, a place of uh, it is its own elitism in a way to think that you're infallible and to think that what you're doing is right without any questioning yourself. You know. Now I was having a little bit of trouble figuring out how I was going to lay these clips out, um, but I thought it might be more advantageous to yes, uh, servo there is uh, and more advantageous to well shit. That that's something that's like that's been my biggest hang up about all of this is it's called the occult or hidden knowledge for a fucking reason. It is. I mean, yeah, it's my opinion. And I think it's probably yours as well, that there there are certain forces in the world that you can control. And there are certain things you can do that is considered magic or witchcraft that can be done. That has been there are examples of it that of it happening. That, that, but you have to do it the correct way. It has to be done with the proper ritual, with the proper knowledge. It's not just purely intention. If you're really going to actually do some of this so-called witchcraft, you, you have to do it the correct way. Um, oh, yeah, you have I, got, to, I got tons of clips on that. <laughs> yeah. And, you got, and part of it, like Servo was saying in the chat, is you, you keep it secret, and you just... you're If you're really casting a spell on somebody... You, that's what you're doing. You're not running around talking about it. It's an active process. And that's that's me just going into kind of a weird place of talking about what the things that I actually consider. Because I actually do think there's some sort of magic in the world that I've, I've just seen examples of before. But it could have been not magic. It could have been some, just something strange you can't explain. But these these people, when it comes to this stuff, unfortunately... Just seems like it's people that are struggling. They want to, they want to, um, they want. They're they're desperate. It's it's kind of sad. It's it's people who really really want power desperately, want some control over their life. They want to have some control over other people because they feel like they're being controlled. You know, their whole lives. And well, and I think that there's a lot of that that comes through with this shit. You know, would you like to hear the sort of things that uh, they would like control over? Yes. I'm seeing a lot of people on TikTok talk about um, trying to influence the votes to go a certain way or this way or that way. I wouldn't do it personally, no matter how much I want to. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. That kind of spell requires um, domination magic or, refer or moving someone's will. 
For me personally, I'm not one to try to influence somebody's free will. Will I do workings to try to keep the roads open, try to keep the poles available? Absolutely, that's something that I would love to do. Spell work is in essence a catalyst for change. It is that push or that little tool, that final nudge, it's not all of it. And I think a lot of people don't understand that, but there's only so much that energy can do. Like you can't change the world with just spells. You have to actually do things physically in the material world in order for change to happen. Let's see, I kind of take issue with the end there because while there is a lot of physical elements for me, the, the way that it makes the most sense is you internalize whatever sort of working that you're that you've done and then you forget about it and then that's when it starts to take effect on your subconscious self mm-hmm. and that's when you start to affect actual yeah, so maybe I do agree with her in some ways but she just here's another thing that I've been noticing is that uh, not a lot of people know uh, you may know not you may not know this it's a lot of pompous attitude. Lots yeah. of it. And, and, and harming people for things. I mean, if you want to go around and hurt people all the time, then you're no better than whoever it is you're trying to, to hurt. I mean, all of these really awful people that we expose, you know, Bill Gates and Joe Biden and all these guys that I think are absolute awful criminals that have done incredible harm to people, they don't deserve to be hurt. They deserve to be tried and put in prison. And and that's it, you know. I as if I had the power to do that, that's what I would do. I wouldn't go around and start throwing dudes in the guillotine quite yet. You know, you have fair trials. You have that's what makes America great. Is that ideally, if we if we try to strive to get the system that the founding fathers had in place, if we try to if we try to adapt to those ideals and we try to be pragmatic about it. And that's the ideal situation. If people are criminals, they're tried and they're put in prison at, at the very least. And then, you know, if you want to get libertarian about it, then every state has its own right and blah, blah, blah. But this isn't a fucking social sciences uh, debate. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. It's yeah. a fucking podcast, bro. It's a fucking podcast. Do a bonglos. We're not talking about textbook bullshit. Okay, fuck you. <laughs> this ain't your mama's textbook. <laughs> truly, truly not. We we do like to tell ourselves it's an educational program, though. Here in Behind the Schemes, Booberry and Lavish every Monday night. And I'm gonna roll straight into just so we can go ahead and get our bases cover covered. Uh, the definition of magic according to John Greer. Talk to us a little bit more about this overlap. What are the most potent magical tools we typically see during election season? Okay. Let's start with a basic definition of magic here, because a lot of people, you mention magic to them, and they think, oh, Harry Potter. (laughs) No. (laughs) Harry Potter has as much to do with real magic as young Frankenstein has to do with real science, okay? Uh, And so magic was defined by Dion Fortune, who was one of the major theoreticians of magic in the 20th century, also a crackerjack practitioner, as the art and science of causing change in consciousness in accordance with will. Now, if that doesn't sound like lightning bolts streaming out of a magic wand, you're starting to get the idea. Magic is the art and science of causing change in consciousness in accordance with will. We can see that at work very effectively. 
take a standard bit of modern sorcery. Let's say a billboard advertising fizzy brown sugar water. And then he continues on into the magic of marketing and how it's not about selling you the actual product, but it's about selling you the experience. So if you're hanging out and or if you see a billboard of, of, of a beach or something and they're holding a can of <laughs> fizzy brown sugar water in the sure. in the photo, then you imagine yourself being on the beach and fairly standard definition of marketing magic and he's got some political science uh science and magic that we'll touch on maybe later um but i'm not really i'm not really super surprised when i started digging into it there's uh um uh hashtag witches for blm um hashtag witches for biden one of my suggestions was hashtag witches for problematic because Biden's kind of a problematic dude. Mm. It's like mm-hmm. you you wish that you were in a position to be able to affect people's wills and coerce them for voting for somebody that very openly uh, referred to African-American children as roaches at a live public event. Mm-hmm. Is that what you is that what you mean to tell me? <laughs> Uh, it's gone as far as um, <laughs> there's enough people interacting in the space, in the, the witch talk space, that some decided that they were going to attempt to hex the moon. Okay. Uh, here's, a, here's an NPR uh, <laughs> report on that one. Good morning, I'm Rachel Martin. If you've been on TikTok, chances are you've come across Witch Talk. It's a niche corner of the internet for self-described witches who lean into astrology and worship different kinds of deities. Recently, some novice witches hexed the moon and upset the whole community. A viral tweet explained it as hurting the world's cosmic energy. Don't worry, though. The moon is scientifically okay and definitely won't fall out of the sky, which is good because 2020 just can't take it. And essentially... Sorry. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Well, well, well. So glad the news caught that very important information and informed the world of it. Yeah, and I the I guess the general idea that I got from it is they were trying to poison the water supply from uh, for people that draw in energy from the moon, uh, which I thought was a very spiteful thing. <laughs> that is so bad. That is the worst thing you can do to poison the water supply. That's the most fucking evil thing anybody can do uh, other than rip someone apart with quarter drawing. Yeah. I don't want I mean, I, I think that quartering somebody and drawing somebody that's bad, ripping you apart by dogs, burning you to stake. That's bad. And then the fourth worst thing is poisoning. Actually poisoning might be the worst. No, I don't know. It's tough. It's tough to say. It's tough to say. I love to say, I love to think, do you have these, uh, I have a list in my head of the worst ways to die. And the best ways to die, and uh, those are those are definitely my top four worst ways to die right there. I think I'd have to think on it. It's fun. It's something I think about all the time. It's some, it's some shadow work. If I had ever heard of it. Oh yeah, I do. Oh yeah, shadow work. Doing the shadow work. Uh, yeah, you know what's fun is is going forward in the simulation and just playing out all of the situations and. And just, you know, vicariously through your own imagination. What would happen if I fell off this? What if I did that? Oh, that's that. That's that imp of 
perversion. Yeah, but perversion, perhaps a little bit of the call of the void. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Nice throwback. Yes, indeed. Uh, yeah. Uh, so uh, some people seem to be for the algorithm because I'll, holy shit, going through TikTok compilation videos, not fun because that audio is all over the goddamn place. And with how punchy you're able to come in with the copywritten music sucks. <laughs> it's really abrasive at times. Um, but some people seem to be f- uh, for the algorithm, like I said, so they'll add the music in there that causes their videos to get bumped up further the chain. Um, they get into the trending pages, and then some people are like, oh, there's even an article here that, that specifically called the algorithm black magic. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, here's a quote. When tarot card readings pop up for you uh, on your homepage, it means that your spirit angels controlled the algorithm and the message is meant specifically for you. This is most meaningful when the reader's account either has a little following or does not have hashtags or tags in the comments of their video. This is because the video is less likely to come onto your page, so it really is meant for the viewer. And I just... I have a there's another hang up there for me that I can't imagine any sort of spirit would want to communicate with someone that that meant good for them through an app controlled by the Communist Party of China which actively participates in human trafficking and sex har- uh organ harvesting. I'm sure there's mm. some sex trafficking. Looking at you Hunter it probably launders money for whoever invested in it to begin with. Probably the Chinese government and its nationalized assets. Uh, so we, we talked about the astrology. A lot of the videos that I had found were how to build altars. Um, most of them were music with subtitles, so there wasn't any actual clippable dialogue that I could pull from. Uh, they're all listed in the show notes if you want to check them out. Some of them, some of them are legitimately interesting, but then again, it's oversaturated with baby witches that seem to just be in a feedback loop on them in and on themselves. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and so well, there is a power in collective uh, influence or collective like what, what is it? Four chain. It's a four chain meme. Well, uh, yeah. Collective effort or collective, like, um, uh, if everybody thinks real hard together about something, then it's going to, then it's going to happen. And that was what they were saying when, when Trump got elected and everybody on 4chan was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Go Trump, go Trump. Everybody collective something, collective intention, whatever, who cares? Well, I'm going to, yeah. I was just going to hit you with uh, one of these. I got a three manis- three different ways to manifest. Oh, manifest me. Today, let's talk about how to manifest anything you want in 17 seconds and leverage the Nikola Tesla secret divine codes 3, 6, and 9. 
I was able to manifest over ten thousand、oh, yeah, dollars. And a few months ago, I was inspired. Ten thousand dollars. Ten thousand dollars. Yo, man, I was able to scramble up, man, ten big ones, man. <laughs> I sold myself for seven bucks. <laughs> Knee pads are only thirty bucks, man. Fifteen dollars, little man. Put that shit, that shit in, in my, my hand. hand. If that money doesn't show, then you owe me, owe me, oh. Like jungle love, yeah. Oh we, oh we, oh. Uh, think I wanna know ya, know ya. Enough chicanery. Fire to create this method. I call it three six nine method. In the morning, you initiate your manifestation with the secret code three, and sometime during the day, you amplify your manifestation by using six. And before bed at night, you complete your manifestation using the secret code nine. Three six and nine will be embedded in your manifestation energy, and this will amplify your power in manifesting your dream life. Well, what do you think? You gonna give it a shot? Drugs? <laughs> yeah, three six nine. Let's let's do this. Yeah, this is real numerology right here. This is deep、uh, self inflicted placebo shit. This is good. In the manifestation, I mean, it's it's pretty much anything that you can intend. So it could be,、uh, in theory, I mean, everything, love, money. I mean, you got all that low hanging fruit. Um, something that I was beating my drum about for the longest time was like, man, if I could sell my soul, you know what I would do it for? I would do it for the glasses from They Live. That would be totally、mm. worth it. Oh, dude, <laughs> don't do this to me. <laughs> oh, could you imagine? You know, the sad thing is, is we do have them, but.、I'm- If we really had them, though, where you could throw them on and all the billboards just said, oh, like the physical copies,、consume. yeah. Oh man, that would be a fun thing if if if、um, if glasses. I don't know if tech developed to the point where you put put like a chip in glasses and you could put a filter and and it you did that in the future in fifty years maybe that'll exist as like a a chachki because that would be so sick. Yeah, I think it. I think at some point, I don't know. Maybe you go mad. I don't know. Yeah,、uh, but I feel. A... I feel like over the years, I've gained the spiritual version of them, at least a little you, bit. I got like a monocle.、Yeah. Oh yeah, no, you you've、uh, you've taken the red pill and you have you woke up in that pod naked and bald, and you crawled out of it like a little slimy, little greasy little bastard. And you、uh, you got flushed down the toilet, and now here you are. You've got your your hair, and you've got clothes, and you're living in Zion, man. You are living in Zion. Uh, let's see. Uh, uh, if you wanted to, so this is a, another example. If you wanted to get in manifestation with the three six nine method. If you want to get that text from your ex, you would write their name three times, write your intentions for that person three times, excuse me, six times, and write what you want them to say nine times. Many users have raved about the effects of manifesting either an event or a person, but it takes constant practice and belief in the process for the practice to work. I have 
firsthand experience with this because I got a wild hair up my butt that I was going to walk around and start singing Bob with the Bob to Bane to Bane diggy 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 to the boogie to jump the boogie. And next thing you know, like two years later, I'm working a kid rock concert. Nice. You know what I'm saying? It's as easy as that. Yeah. You manifest it. It manifesting things works. You, you think about it. It's on your mind. Opportunities present themselves. You subconsciously nudge yourself in the way that Obama subconsciously nudges us with his nudge program. Yeah. That was so funny. Uh, yeah, you can, yeah, it's, it's a, it's a funny thing how, how if you, if you focus on something, that's the things happen for you. It's having it in your mind. It's a, it's an energy that you can ride. Well, I am glad that we're on the same page here. So, Maybe we don't have to spend a ton of time here tonight, but let me uh, let me hit you with these uh, other two clips. My whole TikTok is about manifestation and law of attraction, probably because it's like what I do. But I wanted to make a video like telling you guys how I manifest, because a lot of my manifestations have been coming true lately, and it's like freaking me out. So I use a 17 seconds method, and basically the theory is that. You manifest something for 17 seconds, you put on a timer, and then you do it again for another 51 seconds after the first 17. And the theory is that every fourth, because that's 17 seconds, four times. And the theory is that every fourth of the 17 seconds, it just gets like stronger and stronger and stronger. So if you do that, and then on top of a lot of gratitude, like thanking the universe for what you have, like genuinely thinking the universe for what you have, your manifestations will come through super fast, at least for me. Um, so yeah, keep manifesting. I also hate the way all these videos cut off so abruptly. Hmm. Um, this one's a little more, what's the word? Energized? Oh my fucking God, guys. So I saw this girl's video on my TikTok today. She was basically talking about how you can manifest money with a code. I heard of these grab boy codes to manifest stuff a while ago, but I'm not gonna lie, I was very cynical. I was like, bitch, I don't think we on some Sims shit. I don't think real life works that way. Until I decided to randomly test it out myself today. So the code she said for money was 5207418. Apparently that's the code for unexpected money. So what I did was I wrote it out in the air and then I said it out loud twice with a smile on my face. Then I said in my head, universe, if this is real, then show me. I fucking arrive at the supermarket and there's a shopping cart waiting there for me with the coins still inside. So I'm like, okay, that's weird. That never happened to me before, but that's not even all. When that happened, I decided to give thanks to the universe. And when I got home, I got a random booking for my business. So I was like, okay, universe, hard you. Any thoughts? Mm. I mean, I I like the random booking, but I feel like, I don't know. I'm not sure. For me, this is stuff that seems to make a little more sense applying yourself. I think, I don't know. Like, I don't want to be a judgy prick or anything. So maybe maybe I'll kind of recuse myself from this, but... I feel like it would be pretty easy to find a quarter in a shopping cart that's been returned to the stall. Hot. <laughs> well, uh, there was also, um, so like I had said earlier with the hashtag witches for BLM, um, 
a lot of them were casting protection spells on the protesters. And a lot of them were trying to uh, hex police officers. Um, uh, the, the hashtag had gained over 10 million views. In one video, this user suggests a simple hex, write down the names of police officers and use a black candle to burn the paper and let the candle burn all the way through. Another video for more advanced practitioners demonstrates how to create uh, create protection sigils that spell out protesters are protected from pr- police brutality and Black Lives Matter today and always. The last uh, recommendation was using the power of the full moon to sign petitions, donate to bail funds, and attend protests. <laughs> that's the only way your magic works, is if you're making action on top of it, displaying it to everybody else. Well... Sending money to uh, bail accounts is definitely doing something more than just burning paper with black candles at cops. And uh, some people burn candles at cops. Some people blind them with high-powered lasers and throw fireworks at them. Some of them take bottles of piss, shit, and cum and mix them all up together and throw them at them. Ooh, well, that's innovative. Oh, man, I saw those pictures. I I got kind of like like a small... Small gag reflex. Yeah. It doesn't take a lot to engage. <laughs> it's gross, dude. Jesus. <laughs> yeah. And then they're like, oh, these guys were led into the Capitol building. They took some selfies and they shot him and fucking kicked him out. And that's that's worse than the fact that they burnt Portland for, for months. And they still are. And they turned a whole neighborhood of Seattle into a fucking anarchistic uh, death zone just lawless no man's land i should have gone there to get a real sense of what fallout would be like you know mm, mm-hmm. well would you like a <laughs> a pro tip from one of the professionals yes pro tip me bro protesters if you do get arrested here's how you cause the cops mild inconvenience so you can't scream cuss you know threaten them however you can pee in their car they can't press charges for that. That's why their seats are plastic. Oh, my God. <laughs> Has this person ever been arrested in their fucking life? Ever? <laughs> ever? Look, here, let me tell you something real quick. Let's get this straight, okay? T- television and the book mean nothing. Do you understand? They mean nothing. When a cop arrests you, you are their bitch. From the second that they get those cuffs on you, you're in the fucking car. If you piss in their squad car, they are going to make your life difficult as soon as they get back. They are going to make your life very difficult. Not only that, I'm sure since you pissed yourself, they're going to let you sit in your piss-stained pass for days. Maybe. I mean, usually they switch you out into your oranges pretty quick, but fuck. If it's a, If it's a... Something like that. They'll they'll put you in the tank maybe for twelve hours and just let you sit in your in your piss stained pants and fucking. I mean, they don't give a shit. If you get arrested, the cops, depending on how they feel that day, will do whatever they want with you. Okay, that's it. That's how it works. It's not. It's not like on TV. It's, life isn't like fucking Law and Order. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> cops are fucking. They don't give a fuck. And there's nothing that you can do about it. What are you going to do about it? 
Cops going to treat you like shit? What the fuck are you going to do about it? You're going to get out? What, you're going to sue the precinct? I mean, give me a break. Are you going to do it's, piss yourself again? <laughs> you can be trouble all you want, but there'll be trouble right on back. And if you're just trying to get the fuck out of jail, then you you don't do shit like that. You know, you're trying to you're trying to pass through. And if you are are good, they'll still treat you like shit. They treat you like shit no matter what. And it's not a fucking race thing. Well, it actually, it's kind of a race thing because they treat black guys like shit in there. But they treat white people like shit, too. They treat everybody like shit. doesn't matter who you are. They'll treat you like shit. And, the uh, person that I would recommend is to listen to Lavish on the Behind the Schemes podcast. Uh, <laughs> I'm not saying I've been to jail, okay? I'm just saying... I, I mean, well, never mind. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna say anything further. That but, guy really seems to understand exactly what's going on. They get, they get different <laughs> fucking cells and shit. You just don't do it. You don't want to go. You know, prisons. The jail is the worst place in the fucking world. It's the worst place. They don't give you anything. They give you a blanket and they give you a, a mat to lay on, and that's it. And they give you a couple of fucking scrubs, and and that's it. And then you know you get fucking bologna sandwiches all day. Sitting in a cell doing nothing. Maybe you get a TV and you get a you get a fucking watch Criminal Minds all day and sit there and try to fucking get a pencil so you can do do something. I mean, prison is the worst place in the world. And if you get arrested, do not piss in the fucking car unless you really want to go on a vacation. Unless you're unless you're like really trying to find a three hots in a cot. To tide you over for a little bit, well then, okay, go for it. You know. Yeah, that's uh, I I tried really hard to find a lot of the more politically charged uh, TikToks, like the ones for the protests and the ones for the Biden campaign. Um, it wasn't easy. It wasn't as easy as finding the cringe ones, uh, which we're getting ready to get to. How many how many views do you think the uh, witch hashtag on TikTok has received? If you were going to take an educated guess, I have no I have no idea of the figures on TikTok. I couldn't tell you. Uh, let's see, five hundred eighty-five million views. Wow! Wow! Huh. Hashtag baby witch. A hashtag for those just getting into the craft has forty-five million. And the more platform-specific Witch Talk and Witches of TikTok has over 6 million and 84 million views, respectively. Well, shit. I mean, we're talking about China here, so these figures yeah. aren't, aren't really that crazy. Consider. And not only that, if it's global, it's not just China, it's Korea as well and Japan. There's a lot of like collective stuff in the mix now with, with these big Chinese sites like TikTok. A, uh, a social media media brand, um, Creative Frida. I'm, I wasn't f- familiar with the actual brand, but Frida is the name of a Greek goddess, if I'm not, or a Norse goddess, I believe. Frida, yeah. Uh, her quote is, yes, it began as a lip-syncing concept, talking about TikTok specifically, but its tools and algorithms encourage creativity and promote variety. There's less of a quest for perfection in image and appearance and more for humor and creative editing. But but on Grumpy Old Ben's, I've heard it described both ways that not only has TikTok specifically went after creators that get bullied and bury their content, 
but they also have their algorithms set up to keep you engaged with the content that you're watching. And I think the description that I heard today was that if you were in a depressive mood and you were watching depressive videos, the algorithm recognizes that you're depressed, but instead of trying to pull it, pull you out with videos of puppies and kittens and all that stupid shit, it just plays more and more depressed videos for you to keep your eyes glued to the app. Mm-hmm. Cause that's what it's meant to keep you there. Finds your interests. Oh, you're interested in being depressed. <laughs> so, I mean, this, this application is just as evil as Google is. And yeah. that's where my, one of the bigger hangups for me specifically is these people are trying to be champions of good energy and, and, and whatever fucking, let me back up for a second. What we're looking at is the mage division of the new world order army. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Cause I think, I do think that to a degree, I mean, you're talking about 585 million fucking views for that, which hashtag they have the eyes and mm-hmm. just how quickly TikTok videos can be spread around. It, it's, it's really, I don't know. I don't and very know. interesting that, that the witchcraft is, is so hot right now, which is another thing that that shows, right? Well, not only, not only is it hot, but <laughs> the crazy bastards went and did this thing. So I did not know about witch court. Yes, you heard that right. I said witch court. So apparently somebody decided to make like a court of higher ranking TikTokers in the witch talk community that would foresee and set the like rules and dynamic and keep the peace within the witch talk community, which some people on one end were like, oh my God, that's a really good idea. That's great. You know, we'll have some structure, some guidance, stability. Cool. Whereas you had the other 50% were like, that's bullshit, it's TikTok, you can't make up your own like rules and witch court, like, who do you think you are kind of attitude. So that's interesting. That was the only encounter with witch court that I could find, but... Witch court? Yeah, it's a whole hierarchical system set to quell hate speech and um, digs and tears and, and takedowns of other or between oh. accounts on TikTok, people that so have the influence. A, a, a hierarchical community is built up around this this witch talk thing. That's what it and looks they're, like. They're popular. They're pro- it's probably popular people. They get leadership roles. Interesting. So this, this is how these things evolve. This is how these things evolve. They, 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 they climb up, you know. It's fun. Uh, Do you... Uh, I'm going to I want to hit you with some of these <laughs> some of the mage department um <laughs> do you want to do you want to roll a die so we can maybe do uh evens for the first one odds for the second one we can just go through the whole yeah, list sure. real quick we can, well whatever you want to play I've got a selection of dice here uh I, you know what I'll do is I'll go with the the pyramid Oh. With the four-sided die. And then, yeah, we'll go evens or odds. Sounds good. So our first two contestants are Witch Talk, Don't Sacrifice Animals, and Energy Vampires. And that is a three odds. I like this one. 
What's one ability you think you have that if you told somebody, they would look at you like you're crazy? I guess I had to do this one again. I can spot people who aren't really people. Yeah, there are people walking around this earth that look just like you and I, but are just not. Earthbound entities. And I could start talking about the different types and even bring up reptilians and things like that, but let's specifically just talk about those people in your life that are toxic. There are people who enter your life with the mission to destroy it. Me as a light being and a shadow work witch am here to wake you up to this. That one person that's hurt you over and over and over again, but something about them draws you back in every single time. People will warn you, hell, they'll even show you and that still won't be enough. It's like they've got a grip on you. And they do, an energetic tie. They latch themselves to you and feed off of you, oh ensuring that God. one, you never meet your full potential and happiness. Two, they'll always have some good energy of yours to feed off of. Stay safe out here. Wow, she had me all the way up to the oh, end there. She gave you the old stay safe. I know. Other than that, I was like, shit, yeah, I'm on board with this one. <laughs> Ooh. Energy vampires? Fuck yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> Siphoning the energy. If they could do it, they will do it. If it's possible, they, they're on it. Um, so you heard the guy asking the question at the beginning, right? Mm, uh, Oh, here it is. Um, my bad. He was asking, uh, he was asking like, what's your secret power? Surely you want to know what his is, right? Oh, absolutely. What's one ability you think you have that if you told somebody, they would look at you like you're crazy. I'll go first. I think I have the ability to just communicate with my mind. This happens a lot when I'm in my room. If I'm thinking about a specific food or drink, my mom will bring in that exact food or drink. <laughs> or if I'm thinking about someone long and hard enough, that person will text me. Things like this happen all day. Oh, my God. That's so funny. So if this guy's sitting in his room and he just materializes the tendies in his mind, if he thinks about the golden, crispy, beautiful tendies, his mom will come in. And we'll hand him his beautiful tendies. I, I oh, this is this is real magic here, people. This is fucking diabolical <laughs> shit. We need to patent the hatches. We need to fucking call up all the all the experts and <laughs> and start investing in lead sheets. And we need to fucking get on this, people. This is not good. Not good. Uh, get your die ready. You ready for the next two? Yes. Uh, dad jokes in parentheses. I've actually been to this store and Crystal Cuz. Chris Cuz. Chris Cuz. Oh uh, wait, are you gonna roll the die or do you want to hear Crystal Cuz? Oh fuck! You, you wanted me to roll the die. I didn't know I was unprepared. I, I had already closed and sheathed my weapon. <sighs> Here we go. And now we're unsheathing it. Two evens. Oh, Even I Stevens. like good. I like this one. I'm about to. Put these crystals out under this full moon, you feel me? Oh, wait. Did we fuck up? Was the evens the first one? The fuck did you do? What have you done? No, I just play the other one. Whatever. Crystal Cuz, what are you doing? What? I thought, I thought you said we was charging some crystals. Yeah, not you. I'm Crystal Cuz. I'm, I'm trying to charge with the crystals. Bro, what, what's, what's the problem? You out here laying with them. It's the full moon tonight, bro. I'm trying to get charged up with it. I thought you said this part of the other rituals. It's something like that, but not all what you're doing. Oh, it's not? <laughs> it feels good outside, though, huh? This one was wholesome. <laughs> yeah, that was wholesome. It's Chris the Cuss. Uh-huh. Charging. 
I am fully charged. Uh, the next one, deeper uh, or do the work ancestor style. I seem to recall deeper being one of the more like truly satanic TikToks deeper. that I found. Deeper, deeper. deeper. If you've spent any amount of time in spiritual communities, you've probably heard some variation of the idea of we are all spiritual beings having a human experience, or you don't have a soul, you are a soul, you have a body, right? Whether or not this is actually true is completely irrelevant because ultimately it does not facilitate a deeper and more grounded experience of spirituality. For millennia, we have been taught that our purpose here is to ascend, to leave this plane, to leave this body, to f- be free of the prison of human experience, to be free of suffering. Here's an alternate perspective. What if the most transcendent spiritual experience we can have is sinking deeper into the body, experiencing the material world in all it has to offer, experiencing pleasure and pain and everything in between, the full spectrum of human emotion, recognizing the divinity in being human, not in escaping our human form or escaping this earth, but actually recognizing this experience as divine. For unlawful carnal knowledge. Mm, Some strange pagan ritual. (laughs) Um, I I don't necessarily think it's that egregious. Um, It was very, I was one of the more... uh, well, not well thought out, but like the TikToker had real focus, if that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, here's here's one that didn't have much focus. This is the love spell backfire. This is a story about the importance of doing research before you decide to be a witch. I was like, I want to be a witch. Found a spell that I went to cast. It happened to be a love spell. It was just a little one. It didn't seem like a big deal. Oh, but I didn't one. know about grounding and casting circles or anything for protection or any of that yet. Because I literally like decided to be a witch like two weeks earlier because I'm an idiot. So I cast a spell on this person who's already yeah. like enamored with me. So I was like, oh, this is just like hold it down. Well, that what shit backfired heavily, and he. He pretended that his parents were holding him hostage in his hometown hours away and that he couldn't use his phone at all. And three weeks later, I saw him walking on campus and I was like, dude, what? (laughs) Oh, no. Oh, no. (laughs) And that's when I realized I need magic so that I can hurt people. Don't you want me, baby? Oh, 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 don't you want me? Oh. Uh, here's, here's one of the yeah. more pompous ones, the the very arrogant. I obviously know so much more than you. Before, before, before we go on, I just want to make one comment on that last one. The fact that she was like, I'm no idiot. I knew that I couldn't just hop into witchcraft and just do it for no reason, for some silly, stupid reason. So anyway, I hopped into it for some stu- stupid, silly reason, and I did it to cast a love spell on some guy. Who was already obviously infatuated with me. Who already really liked me, but then, then you know, eh, eh, this is young people stuff. That's what happens when you're fucking 16 years old, you know? Everybody's doing everybody. It's weird. Yeah, I ain't never fucked with no love spell before. It's not really my cup of tea. 
that's the other thing. Just a little love spell. There's no such thing as a little spell. If you're going to really, really do an actual spell, it, like the real, like if you're going to sit there and go, oh, I'm going to be a witch and I'm going to study actual occult texts and familiarize myself with the rituals, there's no such thing as a small spell. Every spell has a cost. Every time. It's like a one in three return. So what you try and cast is brought back three times fold. Three fold. Roll the dice. Yeah, man, it's it's always something. You always pay for it. You always pay for the magic. But I got I got yeah, there's other things. But anyway, I don't mean to cut you off there, brother. Keep on pressing. This is uh how does she describe it? It's like, oh, things that you offerings that a non practitioner wouldn't understand. Things I have offered to my deities, except it makes less and less sense to non-pagans. Clippings from various animals that they have patronage over. A statue of them. A candle in their honor. Pieces of insects or dead insects. Objects I found outside, like tree bark. Animal bones in animal sheds. Wine and other hard liquors specific crystals and herbs that they have associations with, random rocks that I found outside that I felt like they would like, meals in their honor, seeds, cookies like Oreos, gummy worms, raisinets, coffee, money, me doing my job and working in their honor, a very specific outfit that I cater to them, Snake candle holders. Intention. Discipline. It's called discipline. It used to just be called discipline. Oh, I really want something. I'm gonna I'm gonna wake up today and I'm gonna do my damnness to get it. That's what the fucking bottom line is with these people. I mean, whatever you have to do, you have to make yourself look good, you have to light a candle, you have to spin around three times and throw fucking whatever over your whatever. It doesn't matter. Whatever makes you feel good, your mind is is the most important thing. It's if you can, can I don't know. It, you can do a lot with intention and will. Shit. It's it's everything. The mind is the all. Is the number one rule in hermeticism. You know, Hamlet, I could be bound in a nutshell and count myself a king of infinite space were it not that I have bad dreams. You, 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 could, you can have everything in the world, but it doesn't matter. You can be not happy. Or you could have nothing. And you could... You could be very happy. It's all in your head. I think there's a Proverbs quote too, isn't it? Like, uh, full soul, loathe the honeycomb, hungry soul, every every bitter thing is sweet. It's just one of the oldest fucking things ever. And with witchcraft, I think it applies. I think a lot of people, Especially people who I would say are actually lucky that they don't dabble into the real thing. They don't actually go into Crowleyist, you know, spending weeks or months on end performing rituals and actually unleashing awful shit. You're talking about uh, people that are just kind of dicking around and doing it to make themselves feel good. And, And that's fine to do that if you want to do it to make yourself feel good, you know. Because that's as magical as everything else. You know, if you lived in a world where dragons existed, you wouldn't think dragons are magic, and you wouldn't think dragons are special. Probably be a little annoyed. 
You'd be able to know it. You'd be like, fuck those things. Someone's got to get rid of those fucking things. Motherfucker stole my sheep again. They fucking ate my shit. They now it's waltzing into town, demanding a virgin. Yeah. It... And and you'd be like, oh, that's that's trouble. Like the way that we think about, like, say something majestic that we contend with, like, uh, I don't know, a volcano explosion. Something is really ridiculously insane and unbelievable and monumental as a vo- volcano explosion. And to us, that's not magic. That's just uh, an anomaly that happens. It's explained. It's a scientific thing. But to to... To us, it's not magic, but to somebody else who wouldn't have that, it would be magic. To somebody who who'd never heard of something like that, that the world would generate this giant uh, thing that would burst out with molten rock and pour. And if you'd never heard of something like that, that would be magic to you. And there's so many things that we can do as people that are in our minds that really are magical that we don't call magical because we take it for granted, and that's fine. That's what we do, but. The, the intention, if you really drive yourself to want something, it's really incredible how much that thing will will yeah, fabricate itself. Maybe not something ridiculous like I want $500 million or I want a yacht, but if it's like I want to meet this person or I want to do this one thing, even if it is kind of ridiculous, if you if you really work towards it and you really want it and you really make it happen for yourself, it happens for yourself. And that to me, is as magical as any dragon or anything. The, the fact that you can do that in your life. Even if it's as simple as, I, I need to buy a shovel. I'm going to go to the fucking store and buy a shovel. That's, in and of itself, was a miniature version of that. Well, of, I was gonna, I'm going to fabricate this thing. I was going to take it as far as, uh, you arrange atoms in the universe that you are also a part of to make a sandwich mm. to provide nourishment to yourself. Sandwich. Yeah, you just take all that electric sand and you take the time that you've spent in this plane making the currency to buy the shit to make it happen. Mm. It's just setting an intention. Um I am really overstuffed with uh <laughs> I pulled I pulled almost like a like a league of the um the hell satin shoes. Who the fuck was that company? Mischief. Mischief or mischief. That's the, that's the sort of clippage that I've done just because it doesn't really stop. Um, I've got this four parter on heaven and hell. I can send you and later if you want to check it out, it's pretty interesting. I'm just going to play the first clip here because (laughs) some of it's like, some of it's kind of profound, but then you think about what they're asking and what the, uh, what the inverse could also entail. You're one of those Christians that likes to force your religion on other people. Please Keep scrolling. Thank you. I had this I had this download yesterday about heaven and hell. Heaven in the Bible is described as this like peaceful, beautiful place you go to when you die. Hell being the complete opposite of that. Now, everything has its polar opposite, which is the reason why life has meaning. Now, eternal being the key word, why would I want to live for the rest of eternity in a place where happiness and peace lack meaning? And you know, that's not to say you won't enjoy it, but the thing is that it's eternal, meaning forever. So, at one point, you're you're bound to feel meaningless. I mean, to me, that just sounds like an alternate hell. But this isn't even the full epiphany. 
Following life for part two. We're not going to go into the other three, but I got to thinking, I was like, well, what would be the point of eternal, uh, unendless suffering? <laughs> like, <laughs> wouldn't it be kind of the same argument? Like, what's the point of this? Like, if you don't, if you don't know what happiness and pleasure and joy feel like, then <laughs> yeah, and making the best of of a bad thing, I think that should be the the main religion of all. You got to make the best of a bad thing. Yeah, that's kind of the the, the story of evolution. If you grow things in your garden and you let them seed, and then you reseed those seeds, those seeds grow even better than the parent plant because those seeds were were conditioned in those in this environment and you just adapt that's how everything is people gotta adapt people are the most adaptive things on the fucking planet we can live on antarctica mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what i mean uh well now anyway we're talking about this is fun i love this witch talk thing man this is a very interesting cultural thing and it's a huge thing because you got half a billion people that are tuned into it allegedly i mean let's just assume half of them are bots so you got a quarter billion people that are into it and it's awesome here's a here's another example of how they just based on my very short dive into this how they generally seem to converse with christians i suppose you witches and pagans are so stupid i mean really Thinking that magic is real and talking to deities with candles and collecting rocks. Excuse me for a moment. <clears throat> Dear Sky Daddy. And here's another one describing witchcraft in the Bible. Examples of witchcraft in the Bible, part one. Starting the new year off right by pissing a bunch of people off. Here's the tea. It's, it's always, story- always going to piss people off, too. It's this is our secret arcane knowledge that's just gonna make you mad. Grr. Mm. Boo. Grr. Mm. <laughs> I'm gonna take that back for a little bit. In Genesis, there's a story of a man named Joseph who has a very colorful coat. Apparently, there's a musical about him now. Now? Apparently, there's a musical about him now? What? <laughs> that was like one of Weber's first or second fucking musicals. <laughs> Wait a minute. Hold on. Was, so we're talking about Andrew Lloyd? We're talking about she's, she's talking about Joseph in... Ivory. Joseph Campbell. No, not Joseph Campbell. No, wait. wait Joseph in the Old Testament. Joseph uh, with oh, his... Oh, Technicolor? Co- yes. Oh, yeah. Mr. Technicolor. And they're, and they're like, what? This is new? This is a new idea? All right. Well, we're going to take it back. But what she's saying is apparently... So there's a story of Joseph in the book. I forget which one. Uh, where he's wearing a technicolor coat Dream and he's coat. and he's um, providing prophecy, uh, or he's he's interpreting prophecy, prophetic dreams from uh, the Pharaoh. And her argument is this is all witchcraft. But my big hang up is when she says apparently there's a musical about him now, but this musical was written in the fucking like early sixties. Mm-hmm. So it's just it's like I'm gonna ride in. I'm a fucking high horse, but I'm gonna sound like a dumbass when it comes to, <laughs> I guess, modern Broadway. 
You go, you know about it. Go for it. Yeah, you know about it. Colorful coat. Apparently, there's a musical about him now. The pharaoh at the time started having some funky dreams, so apparently. Joseph came alongside him to interpret those dreams for him. This is witchcraft. Joseph also looks into silver bowls filled with water and interprets the visions that he sees in the water. This is witchcraft. We call it scrying. In the book of Exodus, the instructions that Moses receives on how to build a tabernacle are pretty similar to how most witches would advise you to build an altar. Jesus and the disciples laying their hands on people to heal them, a.k.a. Reiki. There are several places in the Bible where people openly communicate with angels. Us spiritualists do this all the time. Stay tuned for part two. Oh, they do it all the time. It's just like, it's so arrogant. It's Yeah, it's so arrogant. And it's so rooted in, like, just uh, secondhand or thirdhand. Uh, mm. I'm, a, I'm, a little, I'm, I'm a little triggered by some of these. Uh, <laughs> They're very triggering. These are triggering. These are like... Fuck, just fuck these people, goddamn! I was I was thinking of you pulling this one. So people want to say that it's impossible for me to be a Christian and a witch. I just have a couple things to say about that. Immaculate conception, witchcraft. Rising from the dead, witchcraft. Stars leading to a baby, witchcraft. Gifts of frankincense, myrrh, and gold, witchcraft. Walking on water, you know, witchcraft. Matthew is just like so overrated. Matthew is so overrated. Let that be. Let me get that out there to all the all the all my all the Christians out there. Matthew, God damn it! I yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to get into it. But it's funny. <sighs> These people just uh, whatever, whatever makes them happy, I guess. But collective conscious effort, my friend. It's just I I. Wonder? Well, I don't wonder. My gut tells me that they're probably doing more harm than good. Because it would be it would be fascinating to hear this last TikToker have a conversation about religion with someone like Void Zero, for example. He seems to be a fairly devout guy. <laughs> it would be mm-hmm. it would be interesting to see someone that actually has understanding of faith. And of his faith versus. Oh, there are plenty of people on No Agenda who are total uh, scribes. They're very knowledgeable about. I think of Blue Douche 33. If you want to talk about a guy who probably knows the Bible back and forth, that guy probably knows it. And oh. if you want to talk about religion, you bring him on. Just a full fledged, full blown 200% Idaho Mormon to talk about religion and, and see how much fun you have then. <laughs> well, we got to get him in contact with this, uh, <laughs> with this TikTok account. Yo, blue douche. <laughs> I know you're out there. You son of a bitch. You come on, on their show there. Your buddy. I love you. Blue douche 33. My man, you know, you, you're out there. I love that guy, man. He's a great guy. He, he says some extreme shit. He's kind of an extreme guy, but God damn it. Do I love him? He's a, he's a fucking ex Marine. What do you want? Mm. What do you expect? And uh, not not one of these librarian marines either. My man, my man did it. But uh, anyway, that guy will fucking school you on the Bible any day of the week. Now, this story kind of fractures into a couple of different places, and unfortunately, I'm not going to have the time to 
really look into all of them, but this will just be a kind of an overview of the places <laughs> this fucking hashtag took me. And full disclosure, I'm also of the mindset that the use of hashtags is a really easy way to spell or to make a spell because you take a couple of little, a couple of different symbols, you combine them together, they spell out that intention, and then you just get fucking eyes on them. Mm. And a lot of shit like Occupy Wall Street, I mean, that was, wasn't that started over a hashtag or two? Or, yeah. or did the protests come first? I'm trying to remember. I mean, it's like I the, feel like it was subverted in the end by Soros. He came in and shut it down. But there was something that was pretty organic that started it. Or maybe maybe the hashtag BLM or the hashtag Black Lives Matter. I think it's it was a lot of economic stuff. It was out of the wake of the 2008 economic crisis. And it was going. I think what was it like 2011, 12, 13? Well, I'm not. I'm not so much looking at the the history or what transpired. I'm just. I'm talking about the way that the hashtags can drive yes. people to do things. Um, mm-hmm. Like hashtag cancel anybody. You know, pick one. Um, well, whatever's trending on Twitter is going to be. It's just going to be in whatever you know you're talking about, right? Like correct. Could be a canary situation, but it's definitely a manipulated situation. They throw something up, and it's absolutely going to be talked about. Uh, so that was one angle. Um, this actually took me to, uh, and here was a little bit of synchronicity that I noticed. But way back in the day, when um, bullets and board systems and the mid to late 80s were a thing. I guess this is like uh, what you could consider pre-internet. Please don't hate me if I got that totally butchered. Um, but there was an online node called the Pagan and Occult Distribution Network, or PodsNet. Isn't that interesting? PodsNet. And then I got to thinking, I was like, well, the RSS feed's kind of like a, a spell because you have to use symbols to to build it. And of course. It connects the, this recording to you via this code. Writing is a spell, and code is even more of a spell. Mm-hmm. Writing for thousands of years was the most sacred thing really ever because you could finally share knowledge, and you could finally continue knowledge. Without writing, you, no, it, it doesn't happen. You get oral tradition, but... I mean, the the actual text itself becomes sacred in the sense of Christianity. It was the Latin, and it took many years, and it took a lot of suffering to get the Vulgate. Then even now, the, in the, in Islam, Arabic is is the sacred language, and it's the writing itself that is that is so important. And the code is like just a whole different. It's like it's like that cubed because it controls these systems that run our lives. I love it. So exciting. Uh, and, and this particular PodsNet thread led to the Internet Book of Shadows, which is also linked in our show notes. And this thing is massive. Holy shit. There's a lot of stuff in here. Um, and it's the amalgamation of all this information that was being shared uh, on the, the pre-Internet at that time. Mm. 
Uh, this is, <laughs> it's, it's, I was kind of poking through it. It was, it was way too much for me to try and parse anything for tonight, but, um, mm. it's, uh, I'll, I'm going to directly send it to you cause it's kind of buried in the show notes. Definitely worth a try. I'm going to drop that right into the show notes. Um, except that wasn't it. Good night, Junta. Thanks for hanging out. This is it. Ah, <clears throat> So that's dropped into the chats. Uh, <laughs> of course, we talked about uh, Witch Talk trying to hex the moon. This is my only line that I had on it. Crazy bastards hex the moon. Obviously, they must realize that the only option is to blow it up. Fools. <laughs> 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 to which you respond, that's no moon. Yeah. Um, a lot of uh, more established witches are kind of pissed off at Witch Talk because some of these so-called baby witches get on there and they share bad information. Um, I mean, there's misinformation, which information unfortunate. Here's a, here's, I'm going to circle back to that. Uh, <laughs> don't sacrifice animals. Fake witch alert. Oh it has come to my attention that there is a witch here on TikTok That's telling baby witches, new witches that they need to go to the graveyard they need to be sacrificing animals, pouring blood on themselves, pouring blood on grave. And I've got people coming to me, freaking out, asking me if they should be doing these practices. Fuck, no, you're not going to do these practices. <laughs> I practice I voodoo. This. In my tradition, we sacrifice animals when we're making priests, when we're practicing a special kind of magic to save someone's life, or if we're feeding our spirit. You don't want to fuck with these energies. If you are not an advanced witch, someone who has years of practice, study, and training, you are not going to start sacrificing animals. And if you're new and some witch you get a reading from tells you these are the things you need to be doing, you need to get the fuck out of there and you need to tell us about it. I wonder if that means that the uh, offending witch would be sent up to witch court. Well, this guy, this guy here is the most sensible person that I've heard so far of all of the clips that you've thrown out. This guy actually makes me feel like for the first time that there is, and I'm sure there is at the core of it, there probably is a, realistically a group of people who do exist in this community that really actually know what they're doing. And it's a very small percent, very, very small, small, small percent. But there, there probably is a couple people in there who really do fucking have an awesome grasp on what they're talking about. Because, of course, why wouldn't there be? I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if that was a very strong thread that anchored the whole community together. And when they talk about baby witches, that's just a title that, I mean, that kind of reminds me of like a no agenda thing. Like, it's just another title. Like, calling people producers. Uh... Calling them baby witches is like, it's it's an, it's a term of endearment, and it's meant to make them feel like cute, but also remind them of their place, and it's it's part of like the fun initiation, which of course there has to be an initiation. Do element. You know, you know what it really reminds thing. me of? Um, did you ever spend any time in the in the goth scene? Personally, no, I did not. It reminds me of the uh, term baby bat for goths. 
Baby bat. Yeah, baby. Yeah, I've heard that term. I've heard yeah. that term. Yes. Uh, exactly. It's it's you know there's a, there's a lot of uh, on 4chan, and I'm going to say the f word. I'm just going to give everybody forewarning. But there's a, there's a term on 4chan that's meant to be derogatory and it's meant to be bad, and I'm using it in the context of it's a 4chan thing. Okay, I'm not using my own fucking. But when you're when you're stupid on 4chan, they call you a new fag. And that's that's intended to put you in your place. It's intended. It's a title that they give you to let you know that you're new here. So they call you a new fag. And I'm sorry for saying it. I, I'm, I'm very sorry. I, I mean, I didn't mean to offend anybody out there. But uh, it's 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 a thing. It's just part of. It's like a fraternity. It's like anything. You have this sort of thing that you you throw at people. And they they have to get through it. And if you really have a, a medal for it, if you really have a knack for it for witchcraft, I imagine that through these circles you probably could get, uh, you probably could get access to some very interesting information. And you could probably have access to some really talented individuals who know a lot about this sort of a thing. But it's probably not easy, and it's probably not a simple thing to do. But baby witches. Yeah, everybody's going into it. it because the fucking science shit isn't much different. I mean, mm. believing in this shit isn't much different than believing in I mean, it's all about collective energy. It's all about as long as you've got a, a hundred thousand people who think this way, well then, motherfucker, it's going to happen because there's a shitload of people who are working on it. <laughs> that's the real magic. <laughs> yeah, there's that's so many uh, people now. That, that's a lot of the other clips that I have are from the John Greer the Higher Side Chats is the show that I pulled it from. Really great interview. Um, and I think Greg Carwood does repeatedly phenomenal shows. Um, <clears throat> but this is an episode where he gets into a lot of the chaos magic that was featured on 4chan in the way that Keck and Pepe and um, Chatelet all just kind of folded into each other and uh, how a lot of that chaos was used and fulminated to help bolster Trump's chances of winning. And, and um, the same day that, excuse me, same day that uh, Hillary Clinton went out and declared Pepe a a hate symbol, a white nationalist Uh hate symbol. That was the same day that she collapsed on her way to go to an SUV. That was that same day. Oh yeah. I have a clip oh on it. Oh, my God. Do you want to hear it? Yeah. One of the projects that the Chaos Magicians took as one of their goals during the election campaign was to make Hillary Clinton collapse. You remember there were all those rumors that she had some kind of undisclosed health problem. Right, right. And they wanted her to take a tumble. And so they were piling on the energy and building up all of these memes, trying to focus on the either Hillary Clinton was going to go down in the middle of a public setting. And so, September 11th, 2016, there she is making a speech at the site of the Twin Towers. And she talked about Pepe the Frog and the whole business around the Chans. And the Chancers were going, oh, 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 publicity for us. And she walked out of there and went to her SUV and down she went. Yeah, yeah. Down she went. 
and they had to haul her, as the saying was, like a side of beef, into the SUV and drag her away, and all the while insisting that nothing had happened, even though it's on video. The 9-11 Memorial. <laughs> this video, or this uh, this podcast is something else. It's, uh, it's I would highly recommend it to any of my other podcast listening friends. Uh, of course, linked into the show notes as well. Um, he spends a lot of time going in on, on how just completely bungled the DNC's campaign for Clinton was, uh, how um, marketing politicians is just the same as marketing uh, fizzy brown sugar water. Um, <laughs> you're, you're selling this washed-out product that's selling mm-hmm. you the idea of better times. Right. Uh, we might go on the long side, but I would like to get through some of these at least. Um, let's, uh, let's start with his take on the resistance and yeah, let's actually here, we'll start with Kavanaugh cause Kavanaugh is another one oh. that I didn't realize, but they had came together to try Come and hex uh, <laughs> uh, Brett Kavanaugh out of the nomination and it didn't work. Um, but here's his take on the resistance. It was much larger, much better organized, much larger, than much more thoroughly equipped with technique than the chaos majors of the chance were. And yet its results were extremely equivocal. And he's talking about these uh, collectives of actual practicing um, witches and magicians not the unbridled chaos that 4chan was at the time. Mm -hmm. It is true that Trump lost the 2020 election. It was a very narrow election, and there were all kinds of factors going on. We don't have to get into some of those factors right now. But so many of the things that happened on the way up to that, the magic resistance would announce they were going to do this working to do blah, blah, blah. And of course, it was splashed all over the medium, was splashed all over various internet things. And then... It would fizzle, sometimes embarrassingly so. Yeah. Probably the ultimate example was when Brett Kavanaugh was facing his confirmation hearings in the Senate to become Supreme Court Justice. And the grand panjandra of the medical resistance announced loudly that Brett Kavanaugh was not going to become a Supreme Court Justice and they were going to stop him. And they splashed all of these magical workings across, again, the internet to stop Brett Kavanaugh. The day after that announcement was made, the remaining opposition to his candidacy in the Senate collapsed, and he was approved and sworn in without further difficulty. (laughs) Clearly, something went wrong. Now, why would you suspect that none of these seem to work? Because we talked about hexing the moon, talked about uh, hexing Donald Trump with the two full moons in October last year. Uh, NRA was another one. It's another clip that I have. I won't With play it. Supreme Court appointments, I imagine is probably far more complicated than you and I could ever get into without having intimate knowledge. But when it comes to the Kavanaugh thing, they really, I think, overplayed their hand. I think that they tried to kind of not that like I don't really know anything. I don't want to say that well, either one. Let you me because I don't know either one. But let me back it. up because I'm not talking about the actual Kavanaugh. Um, I'm not talking about that hearing specifically. I'm talking about their actions of trying to hex Kavanaugh to prevent him from getting that nomination or something Mm. like 
why did hexing Donald Trump only give him coronavirus for like two weeks and then they put him on remdesivir and he was okay? Or maybe he got swapped mm. out with a clone. We'll never know. Uh, probably, uh, that'd be a hell of a clone to make a Trump clone. Yeah. Probably, probably be expensive. Really have to go and invest in that. I think if you actually had a clone, it's more it's more productive, at least with the technology that we're at now, from what I understand. It's 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 easier to transfer the soul into another body that is similar, as opposed to have a clone. Because mm. a clone, you got to grow, and it's, it's still pretty <laughs> fresh technology. Well, this wasn't uh, <laughs> this wasn't necessarily the direction I was trying to take it. So this is of course not, of course not. But, <laughs> but I just reason. want to clarify for our <laughs> listeners, for our the producers, and for the freaks and hazards out there, because we're not trying to you know give them any bad information. Oh, but, no doubt. Uh, yeah. Here's uh here's his reasons as to why the magic's the magic resistance magic doesn't work. Rule number one. Okay. Eliphas Levy, okay. the guy who launched the modern magical revival back in 1854, summed up the four magical virtues to know, to will, to dare, and to be silent. <laughs> that fourth one is crucial. You keep your mouth shut about your magic. There you go, Servo. Servo said that. That was exactly what the fuck Servo said, and he was right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that's right. That's right. You know, you don't have to be a master witch. I don't know. Maybe you do. I don't know. I don't know what the fucking title is. If, we, if I started throwing a title on Booberry, for example, if I was to be like, hey, hey, man, like, based on the amount of knowledge that I know that you know, I'm going to give you a title based on what these people give themselves when they get to this point of knowledge, which is they call the people that don't know baby witches or witch babies or whatever, and then they probably call themselves master witches and shit. Like, what what happens? You call yourself a scholar, a scribe, something, because you fucking actually get not the the full intricate trade knowledge of the thing, but you do get let's say, an intermediate knowledge or bordering on intermediate knowledge of the subject. And, um, yeah, I mean, it, this is there's basic stuff. There's basic stuff you can know about witchcraft. You, you know that there's a ritual. You know that it's silence. You know that there is a cost. You know that there has to be a certain rubric to, the, to, to what goes on. You can't deviate from it. If you deviate from it, you'll create problems for yourself. It, there's a basic tenet of what you what exactly you have to do. That's a recipe book, and then you're getting into cooking, and it's about knowing exactly what you're supposed to do and how to execute it. And that is where the mastery of the craft comes in, is when you get really well versed in that sort of thing. But everybody knows the basic shit. If you if you really you know brush up on it, come on now, <laughs> come on now, come on, man. Well, these uh, he wraps up a, a uh, the the hidden for a reason, and this is the second part of the clip. That was exactly what the magic resistance did when they published their ritual workings in detail in advance all over the internet. Anybody who disagreed with them, like those chaos mages we were just talking about, could look at the ritual, pick out the vulnerabilities, and do targeted rituals to mess with their magic. It's not difficult. If you know what you're doing, it's quite easy. And if your rituals are sloppy, 
it's, you know, it's a target-rich environment, and you can usually mess somebody over really comprehensively. Um, so over and over again, that was something that the magic resistance kept on doing. They kept on making this big splash and announcing all the details of the rituals and da-da-da-da-da-da, and the rituals kept failing. Uh, he later goes on to to point out another reason is they couldn't apply the right amount of pressure, the right type of pressure, because not only was it coming in and trying to do something about Trump, but it was also come in and drop all of your baggage off here when we were doing these mass ritual events with loads and loads of people. So mm. instead of one singular focus, intent, thing that you're going to work towards to try and influence change on, you've got... Uh, I think one of the groups was like 61,000. Yeah, uh, there was a feedback group called Bind Trump. It had 61,000 members working towards uh, towards this. Mm. And this was like hashtag Bind Trump, hashtag Magic Resistance. Uh, they wanted to join their forces to create a quote-unquote blue wave spell. Yeah, that makes sense that they would exist. Yeah. Um, and these will be that's, my... That's funny. Yeah. These will be my uh, last two clips from um, uh, from Greer here. And then the third one is simply that magic is an art and science. It requires skill. There are things that work and things that don't. Your ritual structures, you know, there are certain things you need practice to be able to do effectively. The magic resistance focused all the way through on bunny slope stuff, things that anybody can do, things that you need no practice no training, no experience, no skill. What they were doing is basically doing these rituals where people make themselves really, really angry about what the bad orange man has done and then sort of fling that anger at something. Okay? That's weak. That's very, very weak. And this is what I got thinking about with TikTok is that there's no... I mean, sure, there's skill in making a video in under 60 minutes that's creative and funny and gets your message across and panders to the algorithm. But are you sharing real wisdom with people? Are you sharing real workable knowledge with people? Like we could sit here and glad hand back and forth for hours and like, you know, we'll, we'll start to pick up the little stuff, but we're by no means experts in any capacity in any of this. We're just two dudes like fucking mm-hmm. pulling clips and playing them from the internet. That's right. We're just referencing our, our what, what we find and, and we're going off of what we understand and that's it. And, and Greer, I've, I feel like I've heard him elsewhere. I, it maybe it was Grimerica. I'm, I could be wrong, but um, he strikes me as a true blue real dude real warlock, real magician, real witch, just mm-hmm. like Raymond Buckland out of uh, Cleveland, Ohio. He's another dude that I would take very seriously. Um, and a good friend to have. The, if, the, the thing that bugs me is that even theoretically, you just going on their side, devil's advocate, you really think that this stuff is going to do something, that this magic is going to inflict whatever effect that you think that it, you're trying to inflict on somebody through some divine means, you have to respect it. And the problem is, is these people, they get so mad and they, they want to have like a, 
I feel like there's like a movie, like a Disney movie, like a moment in every Disney movie where the hero does something rash and it goes and and just jumps ahead of their time. Maybe that's really an element of the hero's journey and the, the belly of the whale or maybe the, the trials and tribulations, but just where they, they throw themselves into it and they, and they all, all hell be damned, I feel this way and I'm young and beautiful and strong and I'm going to go for it. And then they get whipped and they get they get roughed up for it. And with magic, if you take it seriously, you understand that it's difficult to do. It takes a long time. It's like cooking. This is the easiest metaphor I have for it. Is It's like cooking. It's like making a nice steak, making a restaurant-grade steak. Not everybody can, nobody can do it. Very few people can do it. And it takes practice, and it, and it takes mistake, making mistakes at a smaller level first. But the problem is, is when you fuck up a steak or a dinner, the worst thing that happens is you just have a shitty dinner. When you fuck up witchcraft and you're really going for it, you can really put yourself in danger. And you can really put yourself at this... Thinking from their perspective, you're going to open up something that you don't like. You're going to open up a can of worms. There's going to be the cost. There's going to be the, the element of error which if you've ever studied any real-life, fantastical, wonderful, but very like verifiable instances of witchcraft, you'll know that when they fuck it up, there are bad things that happen. So yeah. why wouldn't you take that into account if you're really going to take this seriously? There was a, one account that was doing the stitch or react, or whatever the fuck they call it, um, or this... She looked on the younger side, definitely younger than 18, but was talking about how she had had sexual encounters with this spirit, with this, uh, she didn't quite come out and say demon, uh, but it was definitely implied. And (laughs) the reaction was, was, girl, you have to stop what you're doing. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's buried in one of those videos that I got linked. Um, Just so you know, I'm not making it up. Uh, and I, I doubt I doubt that they're making it up. Honestly, I've been in yeah. a situation where I've woken up, I've got sleep paralysis, I'm glued to the bed, and there's this crazy, pale skin, black haired bitch riding the fuck out of me, and I can't mm. move. And Ooh. I'm awake. Ooh, this has happened several times. Well, it's happened one time for sure. Another time she tried to make it happen. I was like, I'm sorry, who the fuck are you? <laughs> Am I supposed to not be excited, or am I supposed to... What, what, what emotion am I supposed to feel right now? Boobery Here wants some action. Yeah, he does. Yeah, he does. <laughs> you know what the problem is? Is Booberry spectrally projects himself all over the place. Booberry's a spook fella. He's, he's fire and air. He fucking floats through... He goes through walls, and he fucking haunts people's minds, okay? That's what he does. Well, this is... Uh, <laughs> I'm going to spectrally... Uh, project uh, this last clip and John Greer answers why these folks are in to what they do. Now, the question is why? Why, given all of these people who have a background in Wicca or other forms of occultism, the fact that they have just all these people, the fact they have a passionate desire to change things, why did they ignore all the principles of effective magic to do this doomed-to-fail posturing? all over the internet. And the answer to that is, of course, virtue signaling. 
if you belong to the salary class at a time when the- that's, that's it that's, 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 yeah, right back so many uh, just like so many other stories from before yep uh sorry i'll let it finish now and the number of jobs begin to shrink down at a time when your access to that inner circle of flunkydom with all of its perks and privileges and money is maybe getting a little tight. Virtue signaling is not a light thing. Virtue signaling is how you show your loyalty to the system in the hopes that you can get into the circle of flunkies. Mm-hmm. And so the whole point of the magic resistance was a vast, thundering array of virtue signaling by people who were trying to say, I am loyal, I believe, I won't question even the most ludicrous nonsense the corporate system spews, pick me. Yeah, it's trying to vie into that that circular influence of... He he gets into what he means by flunky and management... um, because they're not necessarily one and the same because uh, like part of the wage class uh, got stuck in salary and another half got stuck in wages. Um, mm-hmm. I'm kind of drawing a blank, so I'm not going to try and delve too far into it. But he, he makes the argument that the New World Order has a bunch of people that want to be on the inside of it, that totally want to be part of that system. And I've had conversations firsthand with people they're like oh no that 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 worldview that government all-encompassing government that would be great there wouldn't be any more war there wouldn't be any more conflict people wouldn't have to worry anymore about feeding themselves it'd all be taken care of i'm just like i need to remove you from, <laughs> from my life <laughs> you are <laughs> Ooh, the other side of a boot. What a sight. Looks brand new. The treads are all fresh. Ooh. Mmm, forever and ever on your face. So so that's, uh, that wraps me on Witch Talk. I hope everybody enjoyed it. That was uh, definitely on the longer side. Um, That was a long, long, a long craft. But that's fine. It was worth it because... It's fun going through all this shit and seeing all these fucking... It wasn't that long. It was fine. And it was it was great. I loved... This is fun. It's so much fun. The internet is so much fun. You get to see all these people do all these weird things. Mm, no doubt. Um, mm. And definitely, I mean, those are only a couple of the videos that I found. It does not stop on the YouTubes. And uh, feel mm. free to go out and check out more of them. Um, you'll see a lot of recurring faces for sure. Um, but, uh, should I hit you with the last three screen mails that we have for tonight? We have three more screen mails and they're all from the same color. Uh, what's yeah, let's do it. Go. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Here's the next one. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Here's 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 numero 3. Yeah. Yes. Motherfucker. Oh shit. 
I'm ectogasming. I'm fucking coming, you fucking fucks. <laughs> so good. God damn, that was great. That was a great escalation. And a three-parter. Ooh. Hell yeah. I love a three-parter. I, lo- I loves me a three-parter. And uh, we had one, another one come in. Um, let's see what they have to say. How much fun could a fun hold hold if a fun hold could hold fun? That's a lot of fun to hold there. Mm-hmm. Many holes and a lot of fun. Say 69. That's how much. That that would be approximately about as if you're really having a hard day, 420, but 69, yeah. Mm. Why not 420 on 69? Oh, that would be best. That would be ideal. Go ahead and list the best case scenario. See if I don't come. Man. <laughs> Fletcher just dropped us a trilogy. You realize I know. that? It's so good. Such it's so it made me so excited. We just get better and better every fucking week, man. Every fucking week. These guys are sending these great screams. Uh Scream mail 612-263-7999. That's oh sexy. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Um, that guy can scream too. That guy's the scream yeah. master. He's he's been known He's 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 got a reputation around here uh, as a screamer. And this is this is also well known and well documented. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he was with us earlier tonight in the green room, which you can do by going to behindtheschemes.com, dot com s c h three m three s, and hopefully here in a couple of days, loveislit.com. dot uh, com. We do loveislit dot com, badradio dot live. Yep, you'll want to check out that uh, badradio dot live every Monday night. At 7.30 Beast Coast, excuse me, what the fuck am I saying? 7.30 Best Coast, (laughs) 9.30 Chemtrail, and 10.30 Beast Coast. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's right. You want 7.30 Bread Coast, 9.30 uh, (laughs) Central Coast, 10.30 10.30 Yeast Coast. Oh, yeah, Yeast Coast. getting warmer. Um, uh, I tried. I, uh, this is where they get paid the big bucks. Nice. Well, I definitely don't want to go over uh, 3.30. So. No, no. We'll, we'll sign off here. That'll be fine. I'm going to go ahead and push this button. Oh, yeah. This has been another intrigued field episode of behind the schemes episode 57 for august 10th 2021 thanks for hanging out with all that uh it was interesting learned a lot i'm 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 definitely curious about this internet book of shadows that could be kind of weird shadow yeah yeah we're we're you know things are in the works we're doing shit we'll be back next monday next monday with sir bemrose who we're very much looking forward to interviewing. Uh, if you have any questions for Sir Bemrose, you can call us at 612-263-7999. You can join us at hashtag greenroom here in the chat, 0.0.irc. You can find us through the Kiwi client or whatever the fuck IRC client you use. And uh, yeah, thank you so much. Hell behind yeah. the schemes. We're, we're just trying to get behind the schemes, people. 
Yeah, trying to get behind the schemes before the schemes get behind you. That's right. I have that on good authority, too. I've heard it. My own two years. That's very true. Thank everybody in the green room. Thanks for coming out. Progressor, Spencer, Servo, Dark Lord RK. Tagenta. Mama Berry, Midas. Junta. Fletcher. Fletcher, CB3333369, Blitzed. Thanks for hanging out, Blitz. <laughs> hope, you're, hope you're listening to Toad's Blitz. I love you. I love you, bro. <laughs> if I ever go down to fucking San Diego, I'm going to hit your ass up. It's not going to be cool. <laughs> it's it's going to be very legal. <laughs> it's not going to be cool at all. Hell oh, yeah. yeah. Till next time, I've been Booberry Mothman in the Miniocalypse. And I have most indubitably and unfortunately been lavish. It's not unfortunate. It's very fortunate. Unfortunate to be lavish. Thank you. Thank you very much. You have a good, you have a great night, people. I never expected this from that podcast, but I learned something listening to it. <laughs> that guy really seems to understand exactly what's going on. We have lavish. Could be lavash. Could be lavash. But it could be lavish. Loveislit.com. Yes, loveislit.com. Love is lit. Or loveislit.com. <laughs> loveislit.com. I don't know what loveislit.com goes to. Behind the